1: Giants are 20 for 24. Goal to go situations. That's tied for fifth in the NFL. Colts by a field goal. Ball in the far hash. Third and goal from the sixth. Jones looking left. Scanning. Now he's going to take off and run. Angling to the right side. Fires upfield into the end zone. That's caught. A touchdown. And it's Richie James. Empty set now for Jones. Three receivers go to the right side. Two go left. Ball in the far hash. Jones by himself. Backing the pass. Fires quickly at the goal line. Hodgins makes the catch. And then he dives across the goal line for a touchdown. Indianapolis is one for five on third down opportunities. They threw a pick six on their last opportunity. They trail by 18 points. Foles out of the gun. Three receivers to the right side. That's the wide side of the field. Looking over the middle. Here comes the blitz. And it's Kayvon Thibodeau who came in and racked down Nick Foles from his blind side. From a quarterback perspective, you know, when they're trying to pull that thing in the way they are to protect the ball and fall down on
2: it. You know when carts start coming out. I was happy at least, you know, he'd get up, move off, and he's moving around a lot room, but obviously in a ton of pain.
1: Play action, rolling left is Jones, turning the corner. He's at the five. He's going to stretch it out and dives for the pylon. No signal yet. There it is. A touchdown. Another rushing gallop for Daniel Jones, his second today. He's the counter for four touchdowns. Two rushing, two passing, and the Giants are back up big now. It's 37 to 10.
3: New year. Same embarrassing Indianapolis Colts. Good Monday morning to you. Kevin Bowen back. Jake Query, Mark Dykton. It is a foggy start to 2023 for those that are commuting into work on this Monday morning. Nice temperature outside, nearly 50 degrees. Um, and very similar to the Colts and their embarrassing performances continuing into the new year. Uh, It would not be a show without Jake Quarry scrambling for his headset at 7.02 in the morning.
2: It appears as though one of the headset jacks here went Nick Foles on me. Like, thought it was working, and then all of a sudden it was like, this just isn't going to go well.
3: I I don't know if Nick Foles in the six quarters of action this season, Jake, it ever looked like it was working with him.
2: By the way, I have bad news to report. The little headset jack here Mm -hmm. had an expiration date of 2022.
4: Mark, did we have headset issues late last week? It might be the headset. Uh, Maybe a little bit, but nothing too crazy.
3: I saw a listener, Logan, did a pie chart of Jake Query's (laughs) radio... That um, was pretty skill solid. Skill sets, it almost looked like a draft evaluation of <laughs> it, you. It was pretty solid. I thought it was very well done. It was. Um, <clears throat> some creative work at the end of the year for Logan there, and maybe the headset, the the slice of the Surfing pie need, needs to increase. A, it was a big part of a it. A little bit than the 10% uh, Welcome back, Kev. On that. Thank you. Um, I would say it feels good to be back. I, I am a routine person, and I do obviously love uh, what I do for a living, so I am happy on that end to be back, but man i must say once that temperature turned for us in florida back to normal florida weather it was great to be down there yeah i um i'm one of those
2: that the last week truth be told is kind of rough for me i because i last week of the year well the last week that we just went through because i love christmas i mean i love the build-up for christmas i love all of it but then literally, like as soon as like the last gift is open and everybody's kind of sitting around and there's just paper everywhere, to me it's like, okay, now I know what's in front of me, which is like six weeks of gray and cloudy, so like, let's just get it started now and start plugging through it. So we get up the next morning, we came in, we did the show, we do a week's worth of shows in the gray, and then you're like, wait a minute, it's still just January 2nd? And today I mean? is
3: like uber gray.
2: Yeah, and I guess today, and by the way, if you are out driving around... Uh, be careful because it is really foggy. I don't know how many people are because it's New Year's Day observed. I think for most businesses, but not a um, ton of
3: cars. No, on very that very
2: light. But if you are with us this morning, we thank you for that. On this Monday morning, January second, and the Colts, as Kevin had talked about, Kevin, I feel like, and I'll lean, I guess, a little on your expertise here. I, for me personally, I feel like maybe even a while ago, but certainly at this point. The mentality has shifted for people from talking about, like, this roster or these schemes or this strategy to where do we go from here. Even though there's a game left, I feel like people have completely turned the page.
3: Oh, without without question. I mean, it's all—people just want to know where they're at in the draft order. That's that's like the first thing. I've, I feel like that's a reaction from every game. Fifth right now, heading into the final week of the season. We'll get more into nothing like breaking down draft order scenarios, but that's where we're at with the Colts here in 2023. Uh, they can draft anywhere from third to sixth. That, those are the scenarios we'll talk about this week here, heading into the season finale. Uh, but yeah, Jake, to your point, I mean, it's all about a week from today, right? A week from today. Is Chris Ballard still here? Based off Jim Mersey's comments, you would say yes. Um, The Jeff Saturday situation will take us several weeks to play out, and Jim Mersey I think, needs to fully understand this. Again, I I don't see how you can bring back either of them, frankly, uh, because the embarrassing performances continue to happen. But he's very open to bringing back both of them, certainly Ballard. But even if you are going to bring back Jeff Saturday, you need to go through the entire interview process because Jake let's be honest no one else wants Jeff Saturday as their head coach you're not competing with anybody here this is not Sean Payton Jim Harbaugh etc where oh boy we need to make this you know a great recruiting pitch for him and we need to wine and dine him and make sure that we show we have heavy interest in him uh that's not necess- that is certainly not the case with Saturday but you know watching yesterday A couple things stood out. One, I think the issue is more personnel based than anything else. And I think this continued spiral into an embarrassing season is a reflection on the roster Chris Boward has built. That's, That's my first thought. Two, shouldn't this football team be playing somewhat competent or a little bit better football under Jeff Saturday if you do want him as your permanent head coach? Like, they, they they, were not good with Frank Reich. Jake, they're absolutely horrific with Jeff Saturday. Absolutely horrific. Yesterday, they lose by 28 points. The Giants entered yesterday having not won a single football game this season by more than eight points. They had played all one-score games. And then yesterday, the Colts trot out and lose by 28. Like, it is weekly embarrassment by this football team under Jeff Saturday. Kevin, I realize that we will get probably
2: coming up in about 25 minutes or so each give a much longer version, if you will, of our thoughts or synopsis. But this is what I would be asking myself if I'm Jim Mercey. If I'm Jim Irsay, I'm watching a team yesterday where you know, the the worst news for the Colts brass might be the fact that Jim Irsay took fourteen fans on his own private plane to New York City to revel in the new year and then go to the game. For those fans, the game had to have been the biggest letdown. We get to go to New York for, for New Year's, and Jim Mersey's giving us $2,000, and we're flying on his private plane on the way to get there. And we get to go to Times Square, and we get to stay in a hotel. And, I mean, it's awesome. Oh, my gosh, that's the coolest thing ever. What's the what's the payment? Oh, no payment. He's paying for all of it. Really? Wow. That's amazing. I know, Well, I mean, we do have to go to the game.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's your three hours of penance. And,
2: and, and so... What are those fans saying on the way home, on the flight? I mean, I assume Ursay's not on their flight, right? It's it's a different plane. But but he has to be thinking to himself, boy, these people seemed embarrassed to be wearing the horseshoe. Is he, is he thinking that, though? Okay, here's what he has to be thinking. What he has to be thinking, Kevin, is it's okay if you're Jim Ursay. You would think to yourself, I've brought in Jeff Saturday. I believe in the roster and the roster-making ability of Chris Ballard. It's fine if the two morning show guys on our flagship affiliate don't believe in that. It's fine if Bob Kravitz doesn't believe in that. It's fine if Stephen Holder thinks, I swung and missed. It's fine if the 14 people that I put on a plane and paid a total of $28,000 in spending money plus hotels to New York City don't believe in the vision. But what's not fine is with each week, we see more and more evidence that, the, that there are 53 people who absolutely aren't buying it. And what I saw yesterday was a football team on both sides of the ball, and we haven't been able to say that about the defense for a while. But what I saw yesterday on both sides of the ball were was a football team that is completely done over it, feels like they were sold a bill of goods, and doesn't believe a certain specific ounce of the BS that's being sold about them. They look totally checked out and done. Uh, tell me I'm wrong. I think it's less
3: quitting and they're just bad, Jake. Th- that's possible too. Yeah. Which is arguably scarier. Um. The other thing I thought watching that yesterday, and obviously a ton to get to today, we've got the Rose Bowl is today. I'm like, gosh, where where, where am I at schedule-wise? I'm very confused what here on this January it? 2nd. I feel like it's January 14th. Uh, Purdue's playing a bowl game. I have no idea who the hell Purdue is dressing in this bowl game. I think Devin Mockaby might be the only Boilermaker I know. Purdue's going to play LSU today at 1 o'clock. They're also back in action basketball-wise. They pick up their Big Ten slate. Tonight, just one of two remaining undefeateds in college basketball, and of course we got we got to t- touch on the Pacers as they continue to um, play great basketball, and and what a difference a year makes um, for how the interest is with the Pacers, and rightfully so. I, Sound of your bank account going up. Thank well, I, you know, I thought about it on the flight home. Like, should you know, Max and I go up to first class? <laughs> should we? You know.
4: Nothing says, "Hey, I'm gonna bring a crying baby up to uh, up to first class." Everybody, everybody, good with that up here. You went to Florida, and the Pacers are on a roll. Did you consider staying just to hit that thirty? I know. I was like, once I get to thirty, I'll fly back. But you know, maybe you know, we're we're gonna have to wait. I mean, who knows?
3: Maybe by the end of January, they will be there. Uh, But one more thing on the Colts front that I wanted to note before we again get to some other stuff because tremendous college football semifinals as well on Saturday night. Jake, how much of the blame should go to the owner? The Colts are 3-3-1 three, three and one when Jim Mercey said Matt Ryan needs to be benched. 3-3-1 okay. three, three and one when he stepped in and demanded Matt Ryan to be benched. Two weeks later, he fires Frank Reich. You have won one of nine football games since Jim Mercey decided to meddle with the starting quarterback of your football team. By no means am I acting like if Matt Ryan had started the rest of the season, we'd be talking about the Colts on some grand you know, 10-win season or whatever. But since Jim Mercer decided to interject himself in a way that you don't typically see many owners, particularly I think in the NFL, do, this football team has been the laughingstock of the league, has been arguably the worst football team in the NFL, how much of the blame should go right there?
2: Yeah, um... We talked about this last week, Kevin. I, I had mentioned exactly that And the fact that not only that, Kevin, but look at the division. You might have just mentioned that. I, you've got two teams, Jacksonville and Tennessee. You know, quite frankly, in the AFC South, you have an AFC South championship game coming up on Sunday by default, Saturday or sa- okay, this weekend, yeah. yeah by Saturday default, night. because it's the two teams that aren't a total train wreck. Congratulations, you're not Houston or Indianapolis. Go win yourself a division. You win the right to get blown out at home by Baltimore in the playoffs. Congratulations.
3: So, it's the first time in NFL history you will have a division winner that has had a five game losing streaker longer during the season. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing screams Literally, AFC South more than that, right? It,
2: it, you know, they actually, you know, the hats they give, like the hats don't say AFC South champion this year, they just say not Indy or Houston. That's Seriously. what the hat says. Hey, we're not India or Houston, and we beat the other one. But the division was... Life is about long-term vision sometimes. Why do people have a 401k? People have a 401k because they're like, you know what? I don't know what life's going to be like when I'm 75, but I know I'm probably not going to be working, so I better save money now. It's about long-term vision. The Colts this year had no long-term vision. None because what week were we in when Matt Ryan got yanked they were three three and one right mm-hmm. 17 game schedule that means they weren't even halfway there they hadn't even made it to halftime wasn't even Halloween and so they and they decided you know and boom he makes that change and I've said all along he makes that change of what happens was Matt Ryan playing really well no probably not but you win one of those two games you still have some footing it, it derailed their season. It threw everything into sheer and utter chaos. And that looks like a franchise. And look, I like a lot of people over there. I do. There are people that work an 8-5 to five for the Indianapolis Colts that wear a tie every day that, I, that have been very good people to me for the vast majority of my life that for I've sure. known. But that is a franchise right now that looks like it's in total and utter complete disarray. And it starts at the top. Correct, and 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 I know that Jim mercy as a person is a kind-hearted, good, philanthropic, and fun guy. And I know that, but but I feel like at times people are snowed by the Willy Wonka hat. Hey, we're getting, I mean, and he does fun things. Don't get me wrong. And he could do as he pleases. He's the owner of the franchise. However, I do personally believe, and maybe I'm in the minority here, and maybe it's not politically correct to say, but I do personally believe that when you are the owner of a football franchise, that generates 40% of all revenue in the building that you play comes back into your pocketbook for every single event that takes place in a publicly subsidized stadium, you have some obligation to the people of Indianapolis to make sure that they can absolutely be certain that you are doing everything you can to provide for them the best football product possible. And there are times where I feel like his ownership excess is more important than his ownership success. And that's bothersome. And I think he's a great, I mean, I think he's a a, a tremendous human being. But I think that there are times, I think you could say this year that it's holding them back.
3: He really, really, really wants to bring Chris Ballard back. He wants to bring Jeff Saturday back. My question continues to be the weekly embarrassment. And yesterday was embarrassing. I would argue yesterday was one of the most embarrassing moments of the season. In that, again, you have a Giants team that hadn't won a single game by more than eight all year, You lose by 28 to them. Um, does that change anything? We'll have Bob Kravitz on at 9 o'clock to talk more about that. Bob, obviously, very, very plugged into things. Uh, but that would be my one question. Again, publicly, he continues to say these things. But what happens when you continue to see the season, and I said this probably a month ago, go from the most disappointing in his ownership era to now the most embarrassing and the lowest point? In his um, ownership, um, I don't know about you guys, but the Saturday night semifinals—I like think about watching the final four, and you get those two games. You know, they start at six, they start at eight thirty. Both games never live up to any sort of hype. Like, one of them's always a dud. Right. I I think back to, like, Houston and Baylor a couple years ago. Baylor just smokes. I think it was here, actually. Baylor just smokes Houston in one semifinal. The other one is Jalen Suggs hitting the game winner for Gonzaga in UCLA. Saturday night, both of those games lived up to it. And now we have, I guess it's what? Dogs and frogs for the national title a week from tonight? I like that. Dogs and frogs. Oh, speaking of which, hold on. Is the headset missing again?
2: No, no, hang on. I'm not going to wear it necessarily today, but I said that Ohio State would win the national championship, right?
3: Yeah, you've been standing on that hill. You were were bullish on them winning every game by like 30.
2: And I'll admit, I mean, injuries are a part of the game, but let's be real, if their roster was even like 90% healthy offensively, they're playing against TCU. But I don't know the fight song. I've had this since my sophomore year in high school. That's an old-school Georgia Bulldogs hat. That is an old-school Georgia Bulldogs hat, baby. Did you rock that last year when they were here? I think I did. I have a Georgia t-shirt somewhere, too, and I couldn't find it.
3: I think, Um, actually, that was their logo when Stenson Bennett was a true (laughs) freshman there.
2: (laughs) But I wanted to wear it because uh, even though I said Ohio State would win it all, even though I had a tweet on January 1st of 2022 that said, Ohio State will win the national title next year, book it, and I was ready to fire that bad boy off and show everybody my... Of my clairvoyance, but uh, I do not like Ohio State. I don't like their fans. I mean, they're their finest people as fans are obnoxious as hell. So thank you, Georgia, for sparing us all. Great game. It also caused probably forty percent of the country to not see the ball drop on New Year's Eve. How about that? Literally, I I changed over at eleven fifty nine and forty seconds. They were setting up for the field goal, and I I'm like, well, I, so admittedly, I woke Shannon up. I'm like, Shannon, wake up, huh? it's midnight oh yeah okay yeah someone
3: synced up the ball was literally dropping as the kick i think i guess missed in south carolina
2: literally correct right yeah and and you know my line kevin you know why the game had to end right then oh god
3: talk about things i didn't miss when i was in florida it was the
2: (laughs) it was the chick-fil-a bowl and that was sunday they had to close the doors on the game right but literally it ended right at midnight literally I, I flipped over and saw georgia celebrating i'm like oh my gosh he missed it i thought about you mark when i was
4: down there for those three days you know I oh, you, thought, you missed the candy conversation that went down a rabbit hole it, let
2: me tell you something mark not now like you you halloween related mark correct me if i'm wrong i'll Agast bet you station. somebody has made mention it to you since then right uh,
4: The first day, yeah. It's been a little quiet since we flipped oh, the calendar.
2: Scott Agnes was at the Pacer game like Saturday and somebody came up and gave him a zero bar. They're like, here you go, man. You said you never had one. I'm telling you. Kevin, have you had a zero
3: bar? Uh, Was C.J. Stroud <laughs> too good to get to the Colts at five? Boy. C.J. Stroud answered some questions Saturday night that when we had Dane Brugler on a few weeks back and we talked to him, and basically I think a knock on Stroud was... Things are almost too perfect for him at Ohio State. Too good of skill around him. Too good of offensive line. He's not a creator. He made some plays on Saturday night that he was carrying Ohio State on his back. Here's to build that lead to you know again pull off what would have been a big time upset. I will be fascinated to see how these NFL teams rank Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and I guess probably not necessarily at the level of those two but Will Levis from Kentucky. Here's the thing. Will Levis
2: feels like Josh Allen and the fact that like when Josh Allen came out people knew that his size and 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 strength as a quarterback might have been the best in his class but he didn't have necessarily the the resume of wins and efficiency in college. Yeah, the stats weren't great. But Right now, Houston, Chicago, Seattle, Arizona. Those are the four in front of you. How many of those would you say are definitively taking a quarterback?
3: Yeah, Houston for sure. I would assume Seattle. Okay. And Arizona is, to me, a coin flip. I know a lot of people think it'll be Kyler Murray, but if they fire Cliff Kingsbury, I don't think that's a guarantee. And
2: it's also a coin flip whether or not Chicago stays at number two, right? I mean, Chicago ain't taking a quarterback. We know
3: that. But the beauty of it is, Jake, you can trade up with them. Yeah. I mean, you can go from five to two. It's not like a team necessarily has to jump you from nine to two. Um, So that is the draft order heading into the final week of the season. Again, we'll go over some scenarios. The Colts can be anywhere from three to six. If they win, again, the lowest they can fall is six. So for anyone that is cheering for a W over the Texans this Sunday. And the other uh, thing is if they fall to six,
2: who would they? Who would go past them? Would it be? I think if the Rams, which lose, goes to Detroit, right? Uh huh. And I don't know that Detroit's taking a quarterback, right?
4: You know, What's Detroit that and Seattle. Is that, I think they might.
3: Okay. Yeah, I think Detroit and Seattle kind of fall in this boat of. It's been a nice year for Jared Goff and Geno Smith, but you're in the top five for a reason.
2: And you probably realize, well, for Detroit, they're in the top five because they're getting the last yeah, pick. But that is a good point. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yes. If they're smart, they're saying, you know what, these guys have played well and we might be able to get two or three more
3: years out of them, but then what do we have waiting, you know? Uh, Pacers-Raptors tonight, they have won, Indiana now has won five of six. And I remember back in like mid-December, I think maybe even earlier in the month when the Pacers got back from that long Western trip, the next kind of rung on the ladder for them schedule-wise was, boy, you're about to play some legit teams in the Eastern Conference. Well, they've won five of six. They've beat some very good teams within that stretch. They beat a really healthy Clippers team in that New Year's matinee over the weekend. That was Paul George, Kawhi Leonard playing in that game. Tyrese Halliburton was outstanding in the fourth quarter. The Pacers are now 20-17 and on the year. They are favored by a couple of points tonight. So we'll chat about that. And again, Purdue, I, I keep on forgetting, Purdue's got a doubleheader today. Bowl game at 1, and then they host Rutgers at 7. Boiler up, baby. We should come back with a Purdue fight song at some point today. Purdue basketball does not play a ranked team. I think, actually, they play one ranked
2: team until March. Hey, they get. I mean, they got a couple of them already in the hopper, so good
3: for them, right? They earned that right. I bring that up, Jake, to how undefeated, how long is this going to go? The on- left. The only ranked team they play between now and March... Indian Hoosiers. Purdue and New Mexico. The two left, right? Richard Patino leading the Lobos. That's is that right. correct? That is correct. Uh, bowl games today outside of the Citrus Bowl. Um, I do think it's a pretty cool story that with TCU in the national title game, that is a Mike Leach disciple in Sonny Dykes. Uh, you have Mississippi State uh, playing against the Fighting Illini. That is at noon. Again, Purdue and LSU, 1 o'clock. The Cotton Bowl. Any guesses to who's in the Cotton Bowl? the Cotton Bowl. I will go with There's got to be a southwest or a uh, an old
2: southwest conference, but like a Big 12 school in there, right? Boy, I don't I don't think this team is that, but I
3: don't know, maybe they were the Cotton Bowl. Uh are they ranked teams? Uh, yeah, 16 versus 10 in the ranked teams. Texas already played, right? In a bowl game? Yeah, haha. Uh-huh. They played. Okay, Michael Pennix, Okay. Uh,
4: 16 right? versus 10. I already played, right? There's no way you're going to guess who 16 is. <laughs> uh Tulane well, that's you looked, obviously.
2: I did not look. Thank you very much. Did you see it? Come right here. anybody. Did,
3: Tulane versus USC in I mean, the Cotton Bowl. C- come on. And then the Rose Bowl today. That is a 5 o'clock kick, of course. It will be Penn State against Utah. Is it still the granddaddy of them
4: all? That's WrestleMania.
2: <laughs> what? <laughs>
4: that's what they call it.
2: The granddaddy of them all is the Rose Bowl, Mark. No. Take your WrestleMania... Off the top rope. The granddaddy of them all is
3: the Rose Bowl. At least it was. It, I don't know if I was going to say, is. it does feel like it's lost a little bit of luster. It, totally. Pen, who are they playing? Penn State and who? Penn State and Utah. That is a 5 o'clock kick. Tonight is actually a great, great Monday night football game to close things out. Buffalo and Cincinnati, uh, that has been pushed to 8.30. ESPN trying to appease their family of networks. So, a little bit of a later start for Monday night football here. Tonight, I'm Kevin Bowen, Jake Query, Mark Dykedon. Bob Kravitz going to join us around 9 o'clock. We'll take your calls, 317-239-1070. Obviously a ton to get to here on this Monday, January 2nd. If you are working, safe travels in, as we said, visibility, a bit of an issue here. Temperature-wise feels great for January 2nd, uh, but again, a little bit foggy here in central Indiana. Thanks for tuning in. Kevin Query, 93.51075, The Fan.
5: The morning checkdown brought to you by Ball State Basketball. Get your tickets at ballstatesports.com on 935 and 1075 the fan.
2: So we we'll begin with a little college basketball, Rutgers and Purdue, as Kevin had mentioned, getting things underway for the number one boilers in terms of... Have they played a Big Ten game yet? I'm trying to
3: think. Yeah, yeah. They had the two in, uh, in December. The Nebraska game, the ugly one that they, right. won there, yeah, they, they won out there. Be- yeah, they won on the road, yep. They beat Minnesota at home. I don't know why, because...
2: You know, it, I get so thrown off because of the fact that there are the non-conference games that get thrown in. So my apologies there, but uh, anyway, number one ranked Purdue, one of two unbeaten's left in college basketball. IUPUI and Wright State playing today at two o'clock. Yesterday in college basketball, it was Butler all over Georgetown. How about the Hoyas, man? That's 0-4. the free space game for Big East teams. Unbelievable, five and ten overall. Butler moving to nine and six and one and three in the league. Their first win in the Big East, winning by twenty nine over. Georgetown, Indiana State over Valpo 68-50, and it was Murray State over Evansville 78-61.
3: So Purdue favored by 7.5 tonight against Rutgers on the gridiron. They play at 1 o'clock today, LSU. Am I seeing this right? Because I already thought we had the Cheez-It Bowl. The Cheez-It Citrus Bowl? Does Cheez-It just sponsor all these bowls? Really? There's a Cheez-It Bowl, right? I thought I saw Cheez-It as a presenting sponsor. 15.5 point underdog, Purdue. Austin Burton, a quarterback. A lot of opt-outs. Devin Mockaby, of course, uh, will be involved. It's Brian Brom as the interim head coach against Brian Kelly and his family. That is a 1 o'clock kick again on ABC. Uh, yesterday, the Colts, they get smoked in the Big Apple 38-10. to 10. You're right,
4: by the way. There is multiple Cheez-It Bowls.
3: Yeah, I was like... Really? Well, oh Oklahoma, Oklahoma
4: and Florida State played in the Cheez-It Bowl Is one on the original Thursday. and one's the white cheddar? I don't know she's, a, she's a must be rolling in the dough. Well, have you ever had the white cheddar? No. Oh, they've taken half of my
3: 401k. Now, we uh, were playing a game of euchre on vacation, yeah. and I decided to dump a bowl of cheese that's on my sister-in-law after the win. <laughs> it wasn't Duke's mayo? <laughs> no, we decided to hold off on the mayo. Okay. You got to draw the line somewhere. She actually was a good sport about it, so I greatly appreciate it. That's the that. reason they sponsor the bowl games. Amen, right? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Colts thirty eight to ten. They lose. That's now what? Six straight losses. I think it's eight of nine, four eleven and one on the year. They've got the Texans this Sunday. I know a lot of people are really locked in on that one. A game time for that game still to be determined. Who's the broadcast team for that? It will be, oh, on be Sunday,
4: boy. It's gonna be Tareko and Collinsworth. They're flexing that game to Sunday night. What are you talking about? They they literally just need to pick like two high school students in
3: the area and have them broadcast the game.
4: <laughs> ESPNU <laughs> Uh, the Ocho.
3: <laughs> the time for that game will be decided tonight. Again, the uh, the NFL goes with this flex scheduling here in the final week of the season. There will be two Saturday games. That will be Kansas City and the Raiders at 4.30, and then the nightcap is the AFC South championship
4: game. Titans that's, and that's Jacks. That surprised me that that was the Saturday night game. I thought for sure that was going to be a Sunday nighter. So I think what they would like to do is
3: probably put your favorite team, the Packers, on Sunday night, oh right? God, Packers suck. By the way, what's with the big hats? I oh, I, I I kind of like them. I do too. Anytime I see a person talking with a big hat, though, I just start laughing. I I, I
2: mean, this isn't an actual fashion, right? Like people are doing it as a joke, right? Yeah, that be you. Imagine walking on an airplane with a big hat. Yeah, I mean, th- th- there's no way that that's a real thing, right?
3: Pacers back in action tonight. They're 20 and 17 on the year. They've won five of six. It's the Raptors in town. So it's a bunch of, what, six, seven, six, eight dudes? I feel like that's what Toronto has. Pascal Siakam's been incredible here as of late. Uh, forgot that Thaddeus Young, member of the Raptors. Really? Still in the league? Still in the league. Wow. At Philly on Wednesday for Indiana, Portland on Friday, the Hornets. On Sunday, again, 20 and 17 on the year. We are just over a month away from the trade deadline, so... Uh, Be very curious to see how the next few weeks unfold for Indiana and how that impacts things because, again, Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, among others, continue to be very attractive, I think, to Indiana and very attractive to those around the league. All right, we'll take your phone calls we come back, 317-239-1070. Again, a ton to get to here on this Monday morning. A little bit foggy in Indianapolis, so keep an eye out for that if you are commuting. Into work here to start 2023. Kevin and Corey,
0: 93.5 Raise a spoon to grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.
6: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
0: Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.
6: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new,
2: and everything in between. 22 minutes before the hour of 8 o'clock on this, the first installment of Kevin and Quarry of 2023. Happy New Year to all of you. Hope for a year of prosperity and good health for everybody here in 2023. Um, Kevin, this was stating the obvious, I realize, but I immediately noticed it and sent a tweet about it that doesn't make me uh, original by any stretch because i think a lot of people it was so obvious i think a lot of people caught it but much was made rightly so about the fact that you know nick Foles gets hurt and you have the guy that hurt him not intentionally but that sacked him and hurt him doing snow angels next to nick Foles. it literally looked like they were doing snow angels in unison Except for that Nick Foles was writhing in pain with a rib injury and rolling around. That looked bad. It did. And it looked worse that somebody on the other team is doing snow angels right next to him.
3: Yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau, one of the and, higher draft
2: picks last year. Yeah, week. like a top five pick, right? I think he was the fifth or sixth overall, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but mm-hmm. and, and then you have the Colts offensive lineman just walking around. Okay. Later in the game, Daniel Jones rolls out. It was a late hit. He stepped out of bounds, and there was a late hit. And literally, like, a scuffle ensues because all of the Giants go running over to have their guys back. If you're a franchise that talks about, like, culture, believing in one another, doing it for the shoe, that's a bad look because... Either your offensive line where your general manager claimed that he was going to build from the inside out is like the most soft group of prima donnas on the planet, or they just don't care about each other. Now, I don't think that's actually true, but perception becomes reality. And the perception in seeing the comparison between the way two different franchises reacted to one of their teammates being hurt to me spoke volumes and I looked at it and said that is a franchise that is absolutely done and if the franchise is absolutely done in terms of their players on the roster then that comes down to who was it that built it and told us that it was all about character culture and believing in one another because that ain't what
3: I'm seeing Uh, that play is why I was screaming for a month bench Matt Ryan because that could have been $17 million committed to next year if that were Matt Ryan. You're right. With Nick Foles getting hurt. Um, and when you play on Sunday, uh, Sam Ellinger needs to be the starter, and you need to go sign some quarterback to be the backup. Or just don't put Matt Ryan in the game. If Assuming Nick Foles, of course, is done for the season. Speaking of at the game, Brian was there. Brian, uh, are you a New York native, or what had you in attendance?
7: No, no, Kevin. Uh, good morning, fellas. Happy New Year, man. Great Happy you New to New Year. you. I love the show. Love the show. No, I'm a Colts season ticket holder, man, since like 2008 when the schedule came out. My wife and I are like, hey, let's go to New York. We'll catch the Colts game. Hopefully, we were in the hunt at the time, maybe thinking we're going to be in the playoff hunt. We're thinking maybe the Giants will suck. It's obviously quite the opposite. But no, we flew out on Thursday, had a great, great stay in New York. Weather was beautiful. Everything was great except for the game was pathetic, (laughs) absolutely pathetic. Do Do
3: you go to road games often?
7: Uh, yeah, actually, we uh, went to Tennessee this year. We flew down to Dallas, went to that game. Um, I'm a, I'm in for it, man. We were down in Jacksonville last you. year for the season-ending game. I mean, no. we are all about the Colts. When apathy, you talk about apathy, man, we are not that yet, for sure. Uh, already paid up for next year's season tickets. All in, man. As uh, Jim Irsay says, chips all in, man. We are all in, and we are hating life, and it sucks going to games at home, you know, rooting for a draft pick. I mean, we were just uh, – you know, Giants fans are great. We got there at like 10 o'clock, hanging out with them, went to the stadium. Just rooting, really, for a competitive loss is what I told all the Giants game, uh, Giants fans. And they honestly felt sorry for us. Uh, we're down 21-3, to three and we scored a touchdown late, you know. Or, you know, Ellinger gets us in the end zone finally. And I stand up and kind of clap, and people are just looking at me like, oh, man, I'm sorry. Your team's <laughs> yeah. terrible. We had a great time. The, Brian, old, uh, the
3: old golf clap is never a good thing for a road fan of um, the NFL. Brian, had you oh, man, been to I New York City before?
7: No, I hadn't. Best that city that in the world, time. isn't it? It was great. Yeah. It was great. We stayed a couple blocks from Times Square and uh, went to Central Park on Friday. Did you go to? Did you go to the New Year's Eve on the? I mean, did you go to the ball drop? We were down there three three different times every day, but we we left about four o'clock. Um, that area, it was raining. It was nasty. Um, I mean, just raining. It wasn't bad. The temperature was good, but no, we we uh, decided not to brave it. We watched it on TV. Actually. I was so happy my wife was ready to go back. I was like, okay, we'll watch the playoff games, which were fantastic. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we were just, uh, like you, Jake, were talking earlier, Flipped uh, it just in time to see the, the worst field goal kick I've ever seen other than Vanderjats kick. Um, but I uh, was rooting for Ohio State. But, yeah, it was, it was a good time, great time. Brian, happy new year, man. Thanks for calling in. No, thank you. I appreciate it.
3: That's um, Brian right there, and we might need to get him some therapy, Jake, if he was at the Jacksonville game last year to end it and then had to witness that.
2: I applaud the optimism, though. Boy,
3: those are quite the ways to start respective years, 2022-2023. Um, on that note that he brought up there on the Ohio State miss field goal, were you thinking this as it was going on? It seemed like after the big C.J. Stroud scramble, Ryan Day all of a sudden thought his kicker was Justin Tucker. The guy had never made a 50-yarder in his life. Yeah, I know. And all of a sudden, it just went to, we're going to run it, we're going to let Georgia catch their breath, then Stroud, I think, had an incompletion after that. Boy, college kickers, man, they make me so nervous. I'd be trying to get to whatever, get to a 35-yard field goal. I mean, I know he made the one a little bit earlier, but that that one wasn't the prettiest-looking thing Kevin, when Georgia
2: scored, I, I mean, my first thought was, so, I was texting with two different Ohio State fans during the course of the game, and I thought it was over. When it was like, I can't remember what the score got to, but I'm like, it's over because they could, you, you just can't stop Ohio State offensively. But when Georgia came back and took the lead with like a minute to go, and they're, and everybody's jumping around, I'm like, have you not watched Ohio State in this game? Yeah, they had way, they had plenty of only time. down a point. I mean, this is, I, I don't get I mean, I'm curious to see. I know it sounds crazy because they went to the national semifinal and went toe-to-toe with, you know, probably the best team in the land, but Ohio State fans, I think they are Ohio State fans that are ready to throw in the towel on Ryan Day. From 50 for the win and a spot in the national
8: championship game. It's on the way. No good. He hooked it.
2: And Georgia is going to survive.
3: feel bad for that kid, man. Gosh, boy! To say he hooked it was an understatement. That was. I actually. The people dread
4: hitting, you, a, hitting you off. You head actually on target.
3: I know. Then. You, you know what?
4: Did you see the holder?
3: the the The
4: place
2: kicker had to lift up the holder. I wondered if the hold, if he didn't get the laces out i mean i didn't i didn't go back and watch Hmm. no i I
4: didn't see that But i wondered if it was a bad hold let's not have a ray finkel situation
3: (laughs) you know cj stroud it it is one game um and boy he answered electric you know the thing about stroud that i think helps him out from saturday night jake he answered questions that bryce young can't answer bryce young's issue and i I don't necessarily agree with this. And by the way, I think kudos to Bryce Young for playing in a meaningless bowl game and playing really, really well because it certainly um, is not the trend with high draft picks in college football. Jake, Bryce Young is short. NFL scouts, there are many out there that are ripping him for that. Or, no, 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 you don't draft a quarterback that's under six foot like that. He can't answer that. C.J. Stroud answered the question of, I can make some plays with my legs. I can do some things off script. When things do break down around me and I'm playing an SEC-type defense, I can deliver. Again, I know it's one game, but I will be very interested to see if what you saw on Saturday night pushes C.J. Stroud to the top of maybe Houston's draft board and then pushes Bryce Young down. And by the way, I would be totally content with Bryce Young if I were a Colts fan. I think he's tremendous.
2: Bryce Young is probably and I don't say this because of the the university, but he's a little bit of Tua, right? And the fact that he's he might be a little bit undersized, but his accuracy is is Yeah. I think he's a little bit
3: more dynamic than Tua. I think Tua a little bit more pocket, you know, passer. I I think of Bryce Young as a guy that can create and and he obviously needs to, given his lack of height. That early spread, did you guys see that early spread, Georgia T C thirteen and a half? The biggest for a national championship game in twenty five years. Nebraska Did, Tennessee. Nothing like says. Nothing says. Wow. We really got to go back in time to remember when Nebraska was in the national championship game. To look at the last time you had a spread.
2: By the way, is Miami? Don't laugh, Kevin. You ready for this question that you're going to laugh at and probably Regent Brian is going to say I didn't listen or watch something? Are the Miami Dolphins? another of the teams that are going to be and I realize they're not drafting where the Colts are but you know in terms of teams that could move up into the two spot for example or vault past where Indianapolis is for a quarterback is Miami going to be in the quarterback
3: market yeah I I don't think you're there with them I mean obviously to his health that's what I mean it, it needs some massive examination. In the off-season. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong. Does Miami even have their first-round pick? Did they trade that for Bradley they, Chubb?
2: No, they sacrificed. They forfeited one. Right? They lost. I can't remember what the violation was, but they forfeited a uh, pick. Oh, was
3: that with Stephen Ross and the tampering stuff? And, yeah. Um,
2: so they would have to trade up. That's what I'm saying, though. Is that, I mean, I'm only saying it to, to segue right. into the conversation of does the concussion – issue with Tua.
3: Yeah, it's going to deserve a lot of examination. For, correct. So right now, heading into the final week of the season, with Miami's loss yesterday, you know who now controls their win and we get in? In the AFC? So the AFC and the NFC, the seventh spot is still up for grabs. Okay. In the NFC, it's Green Bay. They beat Detroit, they're in. Right, correct. And the AFC... Now, this, is Detroit out? No, Detroit is still yeah, in. Okay, yeah. They would need some help. I think they would need a Seattle to lose, if I'm not mistaken. In the AFC, it's the frickin' New England Patriots.
2: <laughs> we almost started the year with a vo- with
4: a FCC
3: violation yeah. there. And I and I say that, guys, more based off of does anyone want to watch the boring
4: Patriots in the playoffs? No, their defense is really good. Their
3: offense stinks. They're so boring. Yeah, but that's where it's at. New England. Uh, do you think Harbaugh's loss means anything for his NFL? Thoughts? I I was under the impression, Jake, you would want Michigan to win it all if you want Jim Harbaugh to come to the NFL. I think it simply means
2: that um, you can talk to him earlier than you would have thought.
3: Do you think he would be more inclined to listen to the NFL, or would a national title have made him more inclined to listen to the NFL in that he checked the box for his alma mater? I think
2: the national title would have certainly probably made it a smoother exit. But I still think that if the money is right, I mean, look, if if Jim is willing to pay Jim Harbaugh ten to twelve million a year, I don't know that that's the number, but I'm guessing because he paid Frank Reich eight. Then uh, would you not look? I mean, what's he what's he getting at Michigan? I think we looked it up once, and he's
3: yeah, like, I was, thought it was like seven and a half. Yeah, something like so that. I mean, you know,
2: the reality is, if Jim Harbaugh wants back into the NFL, there's not going to be a situation probably better for him than one that is. You know, a three-hour drive for, or a four-hour drive from where he's currently living and has roots, and at the same time, a place where he's familiar and has played and has been very involved. You know, he's an Indy car owner, so he's got, he's he's tied in. You know, he's tied in with the city. He's got he's got a lot of people
3: here. Again, Bob Kravitz can join us at nine. Uh, Bob's latest—he was pretty adamant that he thinks Denver is a better job than Indy. I, I don't know if I agree with that. If Russell Wilson's broken, aren't you screwed there? Uh, yeah, I mean... Now, from a... And again, Denver does not have their pick. Denver an organizational
2: pick, standpoint, fan base, etc., maybe.
3: But I think it's a lot more than that. They're not in good cap situation. And Denver's pick goes to Seattle. So they don't have that top five pick, even if you wanted to walk in there and say, Hey, I'm going to blow this up, and Russell Wilson is Boy, not. The Russell Wilson thing is just completely blown up on them. And remember that—I mean—that was
2: one name that people, you know, people around here were like, "Oh man, we got to get
3: Russell Wilson." I mean, you know, another team that just—it's wild to think in the NFC, we very well, after a season of saying these guys are done, these guys are done, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are probably going to be in the playoffs. <laughs> I know. And you I know. know the other team in the AFC that you could say that about? And they still need some help, but for those that didn't stay up and watch the end last night, there's Mike Tomlin Steelers. Yeah. Still in it. Mike Tomlin, who is
2: never, now this, he still can now because of the extra week. This is such never a been, wild stat. Never been under 500, right? 16 years? Yeah. Is that what it is?
3: And they may go 9 and 8, man. And Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz. How about Ron Rivera not knowing that they could be eliminated from the playoffs after the game, and then they were eliminated like three hours later?
4: (laughs) Well, I don't get as why they went to him in the first place when Heineke basically saved their season. I don't understand that at all. I'm with you, Mark.
3: I know it was last Thursday night, but boy, I am enjoying watching T.Y. Hilton play football. T.Y. Hilton has played 34 snaps for the Dallas Cowboys. That's about a half a game. He's got five catches for 102 yards. And a half a game of work.
2: You know, when it comes to the whiteouts, Mark. Yeah. It's a new year, but some things never change. And the um, fact that be, if you're driving
3: yeah, be, in be careful on the audio and,
2: on the audio button here. And you're driving into work mm-hmm. and you want to hear what Kevin Bowen has to say about the Colts, and you think to yourself, I heard it in twenty one, I heard it in twenty two. Nope. Here we are, first day of twenty three, and what mm-hmm. happens? Nope. And what happens, Mark?
4: Nope. No, I don't think I should play it. <laughs> we can't should play we that. Should we retire it? Be careful on the audio button there. No, I'm trying to be careful. <laughs> it's okay. Don't want to offend anybody.
5: It definitely made me think. No. And I mean, Bowen. Every time I freaking read or listen to Bowen, it's like a
1: constant freaking barrage of 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 uh, whiteouts.
3: <laughs> what one thing we can get into later in the week, ballad related, Jake. I think one of the biggest misnomers or really Ballard excuses that couldn't be further from the truth is the Colts have not been in a position to draft a franchise quarterback in the last three or four years. I think that's such a lazy excuse Totally agree. in the carrying of the Ballard camp. And, again, we can get into that a little bit later. All right, 8 o'clock hour coming up on Kevin Aquarius. I feel like the fog has grown.
4: It's not, wow, gotten, it's, be- it's not gotten better, that's for sure. It's it, gotten yeah, it's worse. Man.
3: Like the Salesforce Tower, I, I don't even know if I can see it. Now when do the lights come down?
4: Uh, Mid February probably. <laughs> is like a groundhog. The same thing. I think it'll be up after. It, it always. I feel like it always just depends on the weather. But yeah, I push past the. Uh, is it supposed day. to be like
2: sixty today? Oh, it's supposed to be. We're not going below forty-five for like the next ten
3: days.
4: Go as far into
3: January 60 as Sixty today, can. sixty-four. Oh, it gets colder this week.
4: Yeah, I was gonna say. I saw I thought like.
3: We're in we're, well, yeah, we're in the thirties Thursday, Friday, yeah. Saturday. It looks like. Yeah. Uh, all right, 8 o'clock hour coming up. Kevin and Corey.
2: As the Colt.
0: Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.
6: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
2: Kevin, I think you said earlier they started 23 uh, the same way they ended 22, right? New Year, same result. Lifeless, flat. Embarrassing. Embarrassing, and looked like they wanted to be anywhere but there.
3: I guess good news, no national television yesterday, right? If we're looking for positives. (laughs) And I believe the out-of-market audience, you got pulled from Colts Giants there uh, in the 3 o'clock hour. Um, Yeah, again, embarrassing. Said it earlier, it's... I get the Giants are a playoff team. They're not that good. They haven't won a game by more than eight points all season long until facing the Colts. They beat them by 28. You can look really based off, certainly over the last month, you can point to just weekly, historic, embarrassing losses, however you want to define them. And I bring that up quite often because that is my question. Jim Mercer, publicly and privately, wants to bring back Chris Ballard, and I think he would like to bring back Jeff Saturday. But does the continued embarrassment change things? And you know what the next level would be, Jake? I know no one really cares. The next level would be losing to the Houston Texans in your own building on Sunday. That would be another level in Ursay's eyes. And when Bob Kravitz joins us in an hour, that's something I want to throw at him because that to me is the only thing it's going to take, these continued embarrassing performances uh, from him not running
4: it back. The other question I was... Is it the worst thing in the world, though, if they lose to the Texans? Based on what? From a bigger picture standpoint, like Texans would possibly move out of the first pick overall. The Colts, depending on what the Cardinals and Seahawks do, would move up. Yeah, I mean, it would be great from a draft order standpoint. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if they lost to the
3: Texans on Sunday. Yeah, from a draft order standpoint, it'd be great. And again... If you think that loss to the Texans could impact Chris Ballard and or Jeff Saturday coming back in 2023, that might be more rooting interest yeah. um, that you have there. One just thought I have, because I I do want to get to the Pacers, Jake. Do you think Chris Ballard and or Jeff Saturday have any clout with Jim Merce like this? Do you think either of them could walk up to Jim Merce here, uh, I don't know, maybe a week from today, season's over, and say Jim, you want me back? I'll come back, but only if the other guy's not here. Chris Ballard says that about Jeff Saturday, and or Jeff Saturday says that about Chris Ballard. Either guy have that clout. I think Saturday might,
2: and I think Saturday would win that battle if that was
3: the way it was. ursay has been more public about Ballard than he has Saturday. Does that matter at all to you? No. Here's the thing.
2: We are on Monument Circle. We are in a studio six floors up that faces to the northeast. Kevin, I'd like for you to look out the window and describe for me what you see just north of the Meridian and Monument Circle intersection.
3: Yeah, it looks like Woodstock. Can you see... Just lit up, just... Smoke everywhere.
2: Can you see Riley Towers?
3: Uh, No chance. I can barely see Salesforce Tower with how much fog and lack of visibility this morning.
2: I think that looking out over the city of Indianapolis this morning is representative of looking into the Colts' immediate future. Yeah, that paints a pretty accurate picture. You you know Riley Towers are there, but you can't really see them right now. You know the Colts are going to have... A general manager and a head coach next year and maybe it is the same two guys but you can't really see it exactly even though you know it's a possibility and i i don't mean this i really don't i i, I promise you it, it listen it's not enjoyable to sit here and talk about negative things of a franchise in the in the market and one that i know what it means to people here but for a franchise, and they all do it. Every franchise out there—the Arizona Cardinals, the the Winnipeg Jets, the Atlanta Braves—every sports franchise out there says the same thing. We, you know, we believe in character. We we, we we there are guys that we had on our board that we took off because they weren't—they just weren't feather guys. They weren't—they didn't have the—you know—they weren't jet guys. You know, whatever, right? Every franchise says it. The Colts preach it as much as anybody, and that's cool. That's fine. And I think for a large part, you know, those are all good guys. Seemingly in that locker room, we don't know them, but they seem like good guys. But yesterday, they looked like a group of players that had no heart, no desire, no interest, and didn't care about each other. I know Nick Foles is a new. He's the new kid in in the classroom, but still, he's laying on the ground, writhing around. The guy that knocked him out's doing snow angels and Quentin Nelson is just happy to be upright and happy that Dexter Lorden didn't absolutely kick his ass on the play. So he doesn't have time to stop and check on his teammate. Why should you? Except for that when Daniel Jones gets pushed out of bounds on a late hit, the Giants are ready to fight people over it because the Giants are a team that have heart and character and I don't know if they promise those kinds of things, but the Indianapolis Colts looked lifeless, listless, and totally disinterested. 100%. And that comes down to if you look at it, okay, then who is the person that judged how they were all going to work together, and who is the person that pieced it together? And that's what I would be asking myself if I'm Jim Mercer.
3: Speaking of Daniel Jones, I think for those of you that stayed up and watched Sunday Night Football, the play of the game by Kenny Pickett, they're late to extend fine Najee Harris for a touchdown. Some of the plays that Daniel Jones made yesterday, you don't classify Daniel Jones and or Kenny Pickett in the, you know incredibly, you know, dual threat, whatever. They're not in the Lamar Jackson category. But it is further evidence, a further reminder that when the Colts select their next quarterback, assuming that comes in April, you got to have some mobile element. By no means am I saying, does this guy need to run 4-3 in the 40-yard dash and be just make you miss in the open field? But just the ability to extend keep plays alive how many times did Daniel Jones just get outside of the pocket and scramble for seven or eight I know
2: and you know I don't watch enough Giants football to know if he's a guy that has been because you know there was a lot of promise about him right Right.
3: and he can do that Jay like I mean that was not some anomaly I mean maybe it was to the extent of how many rushing yards he had yesterday but and the good news is college football now is producing almost exclusively those types of quarterbacks um but the Colts just—they continue to have the statues back there, and it hurts your offense so so much. Uh, Mark, you said David's been hanging on for a bit. Yep. Uh, let's get to David here. David,
5: happy New Year, man! Happy New Year, guys. Good morning. Hey, I got a question: Is Jim Ballard just hanging on? Uh, Chris, no, I'm sorry. Is, uh, is um Chris Ballard? Jim Irsey. Jim Mercy just hanging on Chris Ballard for right now to
8: to um because you. Cause, um, I, I don't know because there ain't
3: really nobody else out there
0: right
3: now you know what I mean I think the public comments though David it, 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 I think you go one of one of two ways with those Jake and I asked Jim Mercy in that press conference uh, I guess we're going on about two months ago I asked him will Chris Bauer be a part of this organization in 2023 leading the head coaching search Or maybe I, I forget my exact verbiage with it and in that moment Jake as the owner of a franchise you can go one of two ways you can sit here and say, we're in a time where we're evaluating everybody within our organization, and that's a question that I'll continue to evaluate these final two months and we'll get to at the end of the year, or you can publicly back your guy, and I don't know if we can play the audio, but the audio turned into Michael Jordan this, and um, I'm trying to think of the other phrases that he used. What else, Mark, was it? Is that real loud? Yeah, the, the Michael Jordan's had you know X amount of losses in his career and this and that. He decided to go full-on backing. He did it a couple weeks ago. And again, these are Jim Mersey's words. Things can change. Um, they typically have the with guy's him. guy's a winner. But if you think about Play one. what he said and how he's acted with Ballard since day one, he called him the greatest GM hire of the 21st century. I tend to think, unless the embarrassing performances ha- have got to be too many, that he'll be back.
2: I'm going to read you a text here, Kev, and you tell me how you think this would be received by Jim Irsay or Chris Ballard. Jake, uh, can we please start talking some Pacers to cleanse the palate
3: of yeah, cleanse we, the yeah, palate of should, all the we, Colts yeah, talk? Yeah, we should. We should move to Pacers. No,
2: I, I didn't mean it that way. I'm just saying whether people. I feel like the Colts and the Pacers play nice with each other. But they're always looking to see what the other one's doing. Oh, without question. And it has to drive the Colts bonkers that the franchises, in terms of the temperate that the fan base in this town has for each team, they are in two different directions.
3: Well, Jake, let's think back 365 days ago. Don't know if you were there, but I remember vividly the New Year's afternoon game, Pacers-Bulls last year. DeMar DeRozan hits the crazy game winner yep. to beat the Pacers. It and didn't Chad Buchanan
2: tell us? he I felt like that say, was
3: when we had Chad Buchanan on at the Pacers golf outing You know, back in September, he said that was kind of the nail in the coffin of saying, all right, we have got to blow this up. And the Pacers decided on that day, they had a fan base, I would say, that had a lot of apathy involved in it the attendance yeah. numbers would indicate it. And all of a sudden in one year they've gone from that to I can't I would stop in the airport. I can't tell you how many people come up to me Jake and one of the first things they say is how fun are the Pacers to watch. Yeah, one of the first things they say to me right now is exactly that. The Pacers have gone from a fan base that has a ton of apathy to legit Real hope. This is not tanking hope. Like like right now, the Houston Texans fan base, they have tanking hope. They're like, hey, you know, we're in line for this number one pick. That's our hope. The Pacers have turned it into no no no. We've actually can put names to the hope. It's not draft pick hope. It's Halliburton, Matherin. We'll see about the other pieces around them. Maybe you do keep a Hielder or a Turner. You know, Andrew Nemhard and moments from an Aaron Neesmith and, and, and these sorts of guys. The Pacers have created legit, legit hope. And it is remarkable what this franchise has done in 12 months. I've been, I think I've been pretty critical of the Kevin Pritchard drafting leading into this year. He has done an outstanding job in maneuvering this rebuild here over the last 12 months. Chad Buchanan, Kelly Krauskoff, everybody else over there that has been involved with it. And Rick Carlisle for a team that, again, had a lot of late-game issues last season. Um, They have had some big-time moments late, and they're sitting here at 20, 20 and 17. And right now, if you're the Indianapolis Colts, you would dream for in 12 months to go from your current state with your fan base to where the Pacers are sitting at right now entering the new year you know the thing that's really i think encouraging
2: about the pacers kevin is that they have of these young players each has taken kind of turns showing their stretch or their moment started out the year with benedict matherin i mean you're like oh my
3: gosh you know as you know you were ordering bronze online right yes uh Mm uh-huh by the way the logistics with just shipping things these days is kind of hurting that but Matherin has played better as of late
2: he has um but clearly Benedict Matherin has shown that he is going to be a staple piece right Tyrese Halliburton we know and he has really elevated his game this year but then at different periods now my guy Isaiah Jackson has kind of fallen out of rotation but Andrew Nimhard had the stretch on the west coast road trip where you realized okay when when his number is called, he can deliver. Now you know Jalen Smith showed it last year at the end of the year when is when, when you're relying on him to do some things, he can do it for you.
3: NeSmith has had a really and, nice. And last now month. it's
2: Aaron Niesmith, right? It, it, it's his turn in the rotation now that he's healthy of showing things because I think they love Aaron Niesmith's defensive ability, but he's starting to put together some offensive spurts as well. Where you're like, okay, I, you know, he's a guy that. You can rely on him a little bit. Every point that you get out of Aaron Neesmith is a bonus because he's there primarily for his wing defense. And, Kevin, they, they have arrived early. I mean, that's the reality. I think that the Pacers were thinking, okay, this year is all about setting ourselves up for one more push in the lottery I I don't know that I they might have punted on that theory already
3: currently six in the east again the NBA trade deadline coming up in a little over a month so this will be a critical stretch for every team in the NBA but throw the Pacers in there as well and exactly what they decide to do Rick Carla had a really interesting comment over the weekend Jake and I forget if this was after the Clippers game which was another great win again Indiana it's not like they're beating the bottom feeders here as of late, they're being, you know wins in Boston, in Miami, over the Clippers, um, healthy Clippers team. Carlisle said that Tyrese Halliburton craves being the franchise point guard. And I think you watch his play on the court, and you watch how he's evolved as a player, and you just see it. Like, I think being a point guard in the NBA, being a scoring point guard in the NBA, would be a really difficult job. You got a lot of mouths to feed you got a lot of egos to keep in check. You want to keep others involved, but you also realize, and I think Halliburton realizes it, the Pacers need him to score. I mean, you want to talk about most valuable players, and just that acronym, MVP, most valuable player to a team, I'd argue Halliburton's right up there with anybody oh, else in the league in yeah. what he means to his team. And for a guy that is that young, has not led an NBA franchise, I mean, he definitely didn't do it in in Sacramento, He's been doing it for less than a year, Jake, and he has just this incredible grasp of knowing when to pass, knowing when to score, vice versa. Again, making sure those around him like get quality shots. And then when the Pacers needed the most on Saturday afternoon against a really good defensive team in the Clippers, Halliburton has 18 points in the fourth quarter against Paul George and Kawhi Leonard.
2: Uh, Pacers again in action tonight, taking on Toronto. That's at seven o'clock at the Fieldhouse. Then they go kind of odd here. They go to Philly for a game on the road on Wednesday. Then come right back for two in a row: Portland and Charlotte at home. So twenty and seventeen, they're ten away.
3: Don't just okay, all right? Yeah, I know. If they, I mean, get, I I don't believe in jinxes, but I feel like you've been trying to jinx it for a while now. Can you imagine if they get? Three of these next four It's not there, there's a there lot of games 23
2: left. they got set i mean it is a given right
3: just can't have Halliburton get hurt it is a given haliburton get hurt um just a reminder again purdue bull action today one o'clock that is the cheese it i know i thought we already had a cheese it bowl we did it's, it's the cheese it citrus bowl is there a citrus flavor to Cheez Its that I didn't know about here? Pack of vitamin C? The Cheez It has, the, they've
2: got the original, which is what, like, is that a nacho flavor? I
4: don't
2: know. Cheddar. I oh, guess the na- original. Yeah, I was going to say cheddar. Yeah. Ch- Cheddar's
3: yeah. probably a better way to describe
2: and it. And then, but the white cheddar. The white
3: cheddar Cheez Its, man, forget about it. Oh, Very- is, that, is that your go to? <laughs> I, I like the Parmesan. Zero off switch. Parmesan's are good too, yep. Who the hell is playing for Purdue today in this bowl game? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, to be a fifteen and a half point underdog, you know, you've had a lot Did of you opt-outs. see
2: that, like in what was the deal in New Jersey? The sports books were you, you can't. Uh, Drew Brees was involved as a spokesperson yeah. for one of the sports books, and now that he's working with the university, didn't they take the game off the board? They took the game off. Yeah.
3: You imagine if Drew Brees was like involved in some. Crazy scheme like that. That's why he's joined the Purdue coaching staff for this game. For this game, how wild of a story would that be? I I don't know if you felt this way about watching Clemson, and I felt it a little bit about watching Notre Dame in the bowl game, and Notre Dame won a bowl game, and it was exciting, it was great, and for a Notre Dame fan, that doesn't happen very often. But I just think the 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 bowl season is still so awkward with all the opt outs. Well, I, that's okay. Like, Purdue has got six or seven notable guys that will not play in this game. So Clemson, Clemson
2: and Tennessee, Jason Hammer and I had a wager, by the way. Uh, Before the game, I texted him and said, send me your t-shirt size and your address. And Clemson just missed another field goal. I gave him mine. And that's the weird thing, is that the one player for Clemson that played all year that did not opt out was their kicker, who's been one of their most consistent guys all year. That's been one of their strong suits. Um I was at an event on, was that Friday or Saturday night? That was. I think it was Friday. Friday the same day yeah. as Notre Dame, right? Uh, we were at the at at a New Year's Eve Eve party, and so I didn't see really much of the game at all, the Clemson and Tennessee game. But I was, you know, I'd look every once in a while, and yes, to your point, Kevin, you're disappointed because it's your team and you want to see them win. But then I'm like, wait a minute, though. This is like in Tennessee also. Tennessee had a ton of opt-outs also. Their two best receivers didn't play in the game. Clemson had like five of their best defenders didn't play in the game. Their their quarterback transferred, for crying out loud. I mean, it's just like, what, what are we doing here? And it's the Orange Bowl, right? I mean, that's a big bowl game. Kudos to Tennessee, though, and Jason Hammer's T-shirt's on the way. I bought it like 30 minutes after the game.
3: It's I swear go. the fog has grown.
2: It's unbelievable. I was looking out. You probably saw me. I can't see... Have you seen the movie Blow? Yes. There's a scene in Blow where they, they're trying the product, and the one guy says, I, I, I can't product? feel my face. Like, like outside, slowly but surely, I'm like, I, I, I can't see... what What's the church that's down there?
3: Well, you can't see the Columbia Club at all. Yeah, the... Salesforce I mean, Tower, or whatever you... And yeah. again,
2: we are on the south west basically spoke of monument circle and you really can't even see meridian street on the north side
3: again visibility wise if you're commuting in on this monday morning um safe travels on that front temperature wise looks to be great today but um visibility definitely going to be an issue all right let's uh, hit a morning check down for bob kravitz joins us around nine
5: The Morning Checkdown, brought to you by Ball State Basketball. Get your tickets at BallStateSports.com on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
3: Let's stick with the Boilers. Again, football at 1 o'clock, 7 o'clock from Mackey Arena. They host Rutgers. Jake, uh, Rutgers bothered Indiana earlier this year with some double teams towards Trace Jackson Davis. Any chance they do the same thing with Zach Eady?
2: They'll try, you would think, right? Uh, Bother, I don't know. The, the, The difference being that Purdue can handle it a little better. Correct. Purdue has other players around that, that can kind of elevate, I think, a little bit. Uh, at, Rutgers with a three-game win streak coming in
3: at Ohio State Thursday. Is that is that the first loss? They're one of two unbeaten's left. New Mexico, the other. Um, if you look at the schedule, I think that's the game to watch right now. I get, I get this. its Big Ten play. You can lose pretty much any game, but
2: by the way, this is super cool. They're playing Penn State and the Palestra in Philadelphia. Have you been to the Palestra?
3: Purdue is. Uh huh. Really? That's awesome. That's um, Sunday. No,
2: but I I, I love seeing games awesome. there. <laughs> it is beautiful. It's awesome. That's uh, why they do like s- the big six games. Or the- Correct. I'm gonna and like the the Philadelphia uh, Catholic School Championships are there. I'm gonna say that that's where Purdue gets their first. I'm gonna say they beat Ohio State and then
3: lose at Penn State. Former assistant, right? Michael Shrewsbury. Having yeah, he's a a nice year. job there. there. Um Speaking of college basketball, Butler wins 80-51 against Georgetown. That's the free space game in the Big East. Uh-huh. Career high, right, for, um, God, what, what's his last name? Jane Thomas? No, it's not Jane Thomas. 24 points for Butler, the Perry Meridian product. Uh, had a career high there. So, Butler gets their first Big East win of the season. They got DePaul coming up later this week.
2: Uh, NBA last night, Memphis over Sacramento, 118-108. It was Washington over Milwaukee, 118-95. And Denver over Boston, 123-111. As we talked about with the Pacers at home tonight, Toronto Raptors at the Fieldhouse, 7 o'clock tip. And the, the fieldhouse been on the road to take on Philly Wednesday.
3: Jaden Taylor is what I meant to say. With Butler there, again, a career high. All right, Week 17 in the NFL. What stood out to you guys? Um, Boy, Green, Bucks, Green Bay playing their way. I was going to say, Green Bay now is winning, get in. Packers suck! Uh, Tom Brady, 14th straight year in the playoffs. The Bucks beat the Panthers. They win the NFC South. Uh, the Steelers are still alive. Patriots, if they win, they get into the playoffs here uh, coming up. And then tonight, it's a great game: Buffalo and Cincinnati. Two teams I think still involved for the number one seed. Um, so that is a great Monday night football game from Cincinnati. I'll be. Brady threw for four thirty-two. Did he really? And mm-hmm. three
2: touchdowns. Mike Evans had what half of that? And he had a touchdown run. Mike Evans had two hundred and seven. So yeah, close to that.
4: How about the Eagles just kind of not being able to salt away that number one seed, and the 49ers just. Still doing it. I don't know how they're doing it with with Brock Purdy, but did, did you guys see my um, Super Bowl pick got eliminated? Yep. Mm-hmm. The it, Raiders. It's surprising become. that they went with Jared Stidham. I thought that would have worked out. Well, they had a double-digit
3: lead. The Raiders become the first team in NFL history to blow five second-half double-digit leads in a season. But not the
2: first team in NFL history to be picked by Kevin Bowen to go to the Super Bowl and then flame out, probably,
3: right? Still got the Cowboys lurking here. Uh, Four new playoff teams this
2: year. Can you guys name them? Just a little bit. Four new playoff teams? Uh Uh-huh, so it's the
3: 33rd straight year the NFL will have four new playoff teams from the previous season. And
2: by new playoff, you mean... Teams that weren't in it last year. Correct, okay. See, the years start to run together for me. Uh, the Chargers were not in it last
4: year, were they? Chargers, no. correct. They'd be one of the four. It's Justin Herbert's first uh, visit that's to right. the, postseason.
3: Uh, the Giants?
2: Oh, the Jaguars or, well, no, wait a minute. There's the Titans going to get Chargers yeah, and Giants,
3: that's two of the four. Okay.
2: Obviously, the Jaguars would be. Are we not counting them if we're they were win? We're not won? counting the Jags. Okay, so of those that are already in?
3: Vikings? Vikings would be number three, and the fourth and final. I'm sitting here looking at it. I think this is the hardest one. I, I is Seattle in? Seattle's not in. They, they still could. They're in play though, right? In. Um, the final would be the Baltimore Ravens. Did not make it last year.
4: Really. By the way, yeah, I feel like I just think that they have Lamar Jackson there in it every didn't year.
3: Didn't he get hurt late last year?
4: Maybe. I mean, I know he's hurt. Yeah. By the right way, Region Bryan in
2: the shocker of the century here to start out the new year. Uh, says, wait a minute, a New Year's Eve Eve party? Sounds like you're running out of excuses now. My apologies, Brian, that I missed the coveted, much-talked-about-and-anticipated-for-analysis Orange Bowl between Tennessee and Clemson so that I could go to Bob and Becky Kavoyan's annual holiday New Year's Eve Eve party, which is without question the highlight social event of the
3: year so new year same embarrassing cult same region brian i guess that's right indicate that here that's right (laughs) And the new
0: raise a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to mcdonald's for mcnuggets and the play play slide have something sweet in her honor come to mcdonald's and treat yourself to the grandma mcflurry today and participating in mcdonald's for a limited time
6: life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqal and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything
3: in between. Here, Bob Kravitz joins us at the top of the hour. Kevin and Corey week from tonight it'll be the dogs and the frogs do we have uh, a horn frog sound effect i mean why I, I was gonna say <laughs> put mark dykton up to Is a it, challenge with an animal and he'll it, find it in 12 seconds was it gary the caller that went to tcu gary patterson no well yeah what was the name of
2: the the gentleman that called in remember we had a caller that was a graduate of tcu or maybe his
3: daughter went to tcu yeah no, no, no way. That's not. That's not, that's not the horn frog. frog I know.
4: It says horn frog mating call. Well, cheese, oh, Mark. Okay, what? Quite the way to start twenty twenty three. Come on, uh, horn frog should be able to find love too. That, so that was the horny frog. Okay, <laughs> you just criticized me. I'm just saying. In
7: my opinion, that sucked. Come on now.
4: It, it is. You know, that was
3: kind of my first real glimpse at TCU. Their ability to answer every time it looked like Michigan. Totally. Can you imagine how many people probably live bet Michigan throughout that game? Uh, oh yeah, Michigan's going to come back in this one. And yet TCU had an answer every single time. We, we went to dinner and there was
2: a, a guy wearing a Michigan, like a Michigan ugly sweater. It was, you know, I mean... Yeah.
3: Just Ugly big Christmas game. sweater, yeah, but in yeah, Michigan. Yeah, and color. it was
2: all Michigan stuff. And when we sat down, it was... Michigan was TCU was really in control, and then right when we sat down, is when Michigan had those back-to-back scores that put them right within striking distance. And you're right, Kevin. I mean, TCU just every time after that, like TCU kind of staved that, got the long touchdown reception, and then you know just held on. And I just felt bad for this guy because I was thinking, there's nothing. There are a few things you know. Sports can just create such an emotional high and a roller coaster ride, anyway. And then this poor guy is going through those emotions and then realizing that he's wearing an ugly sweater. And, like, everybody in the bar can see him and it's like, you know. Tough look. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure he thought, as did a lot of people, that that was going to be, you know, kind of a walk for Michigan. Um, but give credit to TCU, man. And I'll tell you what, at the quarterbacking play, they get some gutsy play, right? Yeah,
3: Matt, Max Duggan, that's a good way to describe him. Um, and I loved how composed him and Sonny Dykes were post-game. I mean, it wasn't like this This is the greatest win in program history and, you know, we're going to have this incredible hangover leading into a week from tonight, I guess it is now. LSU seem or TCU, excuse me, seemed very just kind of businesslike with that. I know a lot of people were bringing up the uh, targeting penalty on the final play of the game. The... Play was such a wild play. I thought for a second, if they're gonna call targeting, and I get that not all penalties are reviewable, but where was the penalty for the illegal forward pass? Like that was Raiders Patriots in right. the game. And it might have been Donovan Edwards, their running back, who just threw it, you know, forward, and I'm thinking to myself wouldn't that be offsetting penalties and then you'd replay fourth down And again i know a lot of michigan fans were whining about it on twitter uh, my issue would be don't give up 51 points how about quentin johnston the wide receiver from
2: tcu i, I mean he's been mocked to the colts a couple times uh, in the top 10 i mean if they i don't know if you take him top like four or five but he's pretty special man he's a big target what would he run what they say he runs a four four forty He has kind of a a D.K. Metcalf-type feel about him, just like a physical specimen that you're like, man. But again, every time that
3: that their back was against the wall, they're making plays, right? TCU, the first Big 12 team to win a playoff game. They were under five hundred last season, picked to finish seventh out of ten teams in the Big 12, and they go to the national title. Um, Jake, it almost seems like in that Ohio State game, speaking of targeting... Marvin Harrison Jr. gets knocked out of the game there. They take a targeting penalty away, but he still, I assume, suffered a concussion, didn't play the rest of the game. That probably was the difference Totally for Ohio State.
2: Totally. And and I mean, listen, Ohio State fans certainly can make an argument about they've had, unfortunately, a couple of years where they've been right on the cusp of winning probably a national championship and an injury to somebody hurt them. You know, J.K. Dobbins... Obviously, with, with Harrison Jr. And for those that texted or tweeted it during the course of that game, and I understand the connection to the Colts, Marvin Harrison Jr. is not eligible for the draft until next year. So you can stop with the, they need to just draft Marvin Harrison Jr. right now. And
3: He's very good at football.
2: He's very good. And such a different body
3: type I than can, his dad.
2: I can certainly, I don't need another person to send me a message saying, The Colts need to get Arch Manning and Marvin Harrison Jr. I I, I, I get it. Arch Manning is still not eligible for three years. Okay? so That'd
3: be what, 2024 and 2027, something along those lines? 2026,
2: maybe? Let's pump the brakes a little bit, right?
3: Uh, But boy, two just unbelievable semifinal games. And for someone that had little rooting interest in any of those four teams. How can you
2: have no rooting interest when Ohio State's playing?
3: uh, More than anything, Jake, I want to see good games. Uh, You got those. More than anything. Like, yes, at the end of the day, was I happy that field goal missed? Definitely. But just give me good, entertaining, down to the wire games. I mean, I'm so old. I was drinking coffee at 5 o'clock to stay up till midnight. I was like, God, am I going to be able to make it up till midnight? Luckily, I did.
2: Can we discuss because we have not yet? And I know that, you know, yesterday's Colts game was ugly. It was embarrassing. It was deflating. It was all of those things. But can we discuss, just because, Kevin, I I understand, and it's a fair point, that there were many plays or times this year where it was unfair to judge or assess or grade Quentin Nelson's play because of the fact that he may have at times been looking he he may have been put in position where because of uncertainty at the left tackle position he was having to all of a sudden you know his periphery he's seeing more heat coming than what he's anticipating or he's having to help out on the left side more than he should as opposed to straightforward. I get all those things I get that the offensive line is like a chain link fence everything has to be connected with one another for it to completely work but yesterday was one of the first times, and I'm sure it's happened, that I've seen Quentin Nelson, while upright and moving straight forward, get absolutely trucked backwards and knocked flat on his back. And I know that Dexter Lawrence is a unique freak. I watched him every snap that he took in college as a football player. But still, there was something about Quentin. Quentin Nelson was different, right? He, I mean... Although, if you watched Notre Dame and Clemson when the two of them were in college, that probably was a forecast of what we saw yesterday.
3: But is there something going on there, Kevin? Is he injured? You know, I asked Nelson, I guess it would have been probably about a week and a half ago after the Pro Bowl selection, how he would evaluate his play this season. Um, And I thought he was pretty honest. And for those that missed it, I think there's a video of it I put on Twitter. Over the weekend, you could scroll through my timeline to find it and him pretty much saying that you know his play this year has not been up to his standard. Um, you know Jake, I think we forget a little bit with Nelson. leading into last year, the guy had three surgeries in nine months. a three hundred and thirty pound individual three surgeries in nine months, that's gonna do something to you, right? That's gonna impact you. Um, did he have a healthier offseason leading into this year? Sure, but is there just natural wear and tear now that you're five years into the NFL? I, I, it's I hard would,
2: to believe he's been in the league that long,
3: by the you way. Know, I, I, I would think there's some of that at this point in his career. Um, so yes, I, his standard is obviously set the bar incredibly high and has not been at that level. And you can point to all five spots. All five spots. From left tackle all the way across to right tackle. Every single person, and I know it's not been the same person from last year, but the, the level of play you've gotten from all five of those spots has regressed. But, but as I said earlier, Jake, Nick Foles getting knocked out of the game yesterday is exactly why you should not play Matt Ryan. That would have been a $17 million hit. Had that been Matt Ryan, and he doesn't pass a physical come March, that would have cost you an additional $17 million for 2023 had that been Ryan instead of Foles. So, on Sunday, there is needs to be Sam Ellinger, Sam Ellinger, Sam Ellinger. And if he gets hurt, go find another quarterback or play Dallas Flowers.
2: I was at the Pacer game on Tuesday after Christmas against Atlanta. And there was a play late in the game where... I can't remember why Buddy Heald was at the other end of the floor. He was retreating on... The, there was a transition... And Buddy Heald was transitioning back. He was the deep man. And Tyrese Halliburton, I think it was McConnell, stole like an inbound and dished it to Halliburton, who scored on a layup at the opposite end and was fouled and was laying on the floor. And Buddy Heald turned around and pivoted and dead sprinted to Tyrese Halliburton. And along with like two other guys reached out their arms to pop him up off the floor. Buddy Heald, a guy that a lot of people thought was going to be trade bait or was just here as a late throw-in or whatever, and I talked to somebody high up in the organization over the weekend that said, hey, Buddy Heald is a great teammate, and guys that are streak shooters sometimes, that's the position. They're like wide receivers. That's a position where you don't see great teammates. A little bit of diva. Right. But But here he was dead sprinting to go down and help his teammate up off the floor. There was a time when Quentin Nelson – One of the things that people loved about him. Oh man, look at that play where so-and-so got loose and was running down the field and Quentin Nelson was sprinting beside him to, to get a block. Nick Foles was laying, basically convulsing at midfield with a defender laying next to him doing snow angels and Quentin Nelson walked away like he did not care one iota. That franchise looks broken What happened where you had a guy that one time was a buddy healed that was running as far and as fast and as long as he could to be a teammate and now has total total apathy about a guy that's laying on his back in pain What happened
3: Yeah I, I I'm not going to question Nelson to that extent I still I'm not, think I'm not he's a very good teammate Yeah, I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying the mood
2: or the culture of it. Did he see Thibodeau
3: on the ground? Was he he more in the, you know, I'd have to go back and look at it. For what it's worth, Ryan Kelly said after the game, he said something to Thibodeau. Um, uh, Again, I'm not, I I don't know 1,000% exactly what was unfolding there. Um, I would argue also the Colts haven't had enough big plays for Quentin Nelson to run down the field and pick their teammates up this season. Uh, to your bigger point, though, Jake, it is one hundred percent a fair question, and what has happened to this franchise? And again, I think it's a top down thing. I mentioned it earlier in the show. The Colts were a three three and one football team. Jim Merce decided that he had had enough of the starting quarterback. He wanted him benched. They're one and eight since then. One and eight since Jim Mersay got involved, and we heard him, and it was a lot of "kiss my ring." in that press conference two months ago from Jim Irsay. They are a 1-8 football team since then, since he got involved. Jeff Saturday's one and 6 and they have gotten their ass kicked more often than not and really embarrassed. Um, that, to me, I think is where it starts top-down. And there are levels of the pie, or pieces of the pie, I should say, that everyone deserves blame, and I'm not absolving the, the, the players by any means and um. Obviously, your offensive line has not sniffed the investment you have in them this season. But there are so many questions that have to be asked organizationally one week from today when it all ends. And will Jim Merce acknowledge how low of a point his franchise is at? Because to me, when you consider preseason expectations, there's been no more disappointing, embarrassing season this franchise has had in 30 years. Do
2: you think that making that quarterbacking change Prematurely sent a message to the rest of the roster that caused them to punt. In other words, if you were, I'm just going to, I'm not going to say any names because I don't want to call anybody out if you were a veteran player for the indianapolis colts that was a regular starter that had aspirations for this year to be a good season for you and you got off to a slow start and you weren't even halfway through the year and all of a sudden your owner comes in on a monday morning and says we are benching the guy who is a veteran former mvp in this league as a quarterback and putting him and putting in instead a young guy who has never taken a snap as a starter in the nfl you might think that Sam Ellinger is the greatest kid in the world and the greatest guy, and the best teammate, and you are rooting for him, but is there any chance that you say to yourself, wait a minute?
3: Yeah. I, I think it's... A, did, it, did
2: our owner just, just take the season and, and and pull the rug out from underneath us and take the season away from us? There was a lot of... What?
3: Inside that locker room. Yeah. A lot of it. And you could see it, right? You could tell. And as much as you want to say, "Hey, guys, should be better than that." Guys should react, you know, differently to that, and they should still play, you know, hard, whatever with whoever is under quarterback. I do think that, or under center, I do think that move um, started a little bit of cracking, and then it just evolved from there. I mean, you fire Marcus Brady the next week, you fire Frank Reich two weeks later. I mean, it was one after the other. When you look at what happened when you benched. Matt Ryan. Uh, Fitch points this out on Twitter. Uh, Jim Mersey fired off this tweet after the Raiders game. Jake, I don't know if you recall this one. All you critics, you criticize all of us in the NFL for losing. When we make moves to win, you act so righteous. Who are you crapping? Just win, baby. Since that tweet, the Colts are 0-6. <laughs> uh, and it's not an 0-6 to where... You know, you watch, like, Denver yesterday hang around there with Kansas City. I mean, Mark's Bears, I know yesterday was not the great example, but the Bears have been pretty competitive in a lot of their losses. You had the Texans win at Tennessee a couple weeks ago. The Texans, didn't they take Kansas City to overtime? Yeah. And the Colts just get blown out in these games. If I'm Jim say that would have to impact postseason decision-making for me. In my postseason, obviously, I don't mean playoffs. I mean after the season.
2: And and I want to make sure people understand. It is fair. If I was a a coach or an executive, I would have an issue. Not issue, but I, I would get tired of hearing guys like me, you, Steven, Bob, Zach, Greg, John, You know, Jimmy, I I would get tired of hearing people constantly questioning everything we did. I get it. It's fair for them to criticize us back and say, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Okay, that's cool. I mean, if I'm going to say that somebody doesn't know what they're doing coaching, it is certainly fair for them to say that I don't know what I'm doing in my job. That is totally fair. But I don't like doing it. I know that people think that that's crazy. It's not good for us for the Colts to be bad. It's not good for the city for the Colts to be bad. And I don't enjoy, it is not my place, job, or desire to get on this microphone and gloat about the fact that the Colts are in total disarray, but rather it is my job to try to figure out why that is. Not because I'm going to be the one that's going to fix it, but because people have an invested interest in the franchise. And
3: to be honest and tell the truth about what we're witnessing, what we're hearing. Right. And, yeah, I mean, from a number standpoint, trust me, this is not what we want at all. We have gone from January 2nd and, what, there's 20 fan bases, radio stations around the United States that are talking about playoffs this, playoff that, and we're talking about draft order scenarios and how the Colts can get up to the third pick. Three, four, five, or six, that's the draft position the Colts will be in coming up in January. April Bob Kravitz joins us in town. Jake, I know we've said it every segment. This fog is something else.
2: It really, it really is. Like, wow. You I just fired got, off a picture. I think it's gotten worse though. Like in the last, like since I took the picture.
3: Yeah. Uh huh. And, and honestly, I don't even think the picture does it total justice. You you have some good lighting on that camera of yours.
2: Yeah, I mean it is. I literally, and I I'm not trying to. I mean, I guess we've made a lot of it. On Monument Circle, we are basically at 8 o'clock. I can't see a half a block past the 12 o'clock of Meridian. I mean, it's completely... Yeah, it's pretty
3: amazing.
4: Perfect uh, per- day to not have work.
3: Yes, exactly. Which Stay inside. Based off the commute in, it looked like definitely a lot of people went today. I appreciate you tuning in to Kevin and Corey again. Bob Kravitz going to join us here. In a few minutes, we've got Purdue with a little doubleheader action today. 1 o'clock, their bowl game. That is against Brian Kelly. We got that audio, Mark? I always like to hear some good Brian Kelly audio. Uh, 15.5-point underdog there. And then tonight in Mackey, it is Purdue and Rutgers. 7.5-point What time is that that game, that Purdue game? Basketball. Uh, So 1 for football and 7 for basketball. Okay. This shows you how much Notre Dame basketball people care. They played a basketball game at two o'clock on Saturday, and then the football game was at three thirty.
2: <laughs> you get I, there are a few things in, about this program that we've done for a year now that make me giggle more than your like odd love hate fascination with Notre Dame basketball.
3: Yeah, I would say there's two things that frustrate me in life at this current state. One would be when Notre Dame basketball loses. The other would be watching you scramble for your headset at 7.01 every morning.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I had a headset this morning.
3: I just, how was it? Okay. And then how you try and justify it each morning, which you're about to do now. If I may, if I may. We have Bob Kravitz in a few. I had a headset this morning,
2: plugged in and ready to go. And then I found out the headset doesn't work. How would I have known it didn't work until we had the first opportunity to test it, in which I then went, oh, this headset's gone bad. And that's it, right? These are like the Krako of headsets.
3: Mark, who yeah. does Purdue have today? They've
4: got the uh, fighting Brian Kells.
3: Oh. Does LSU have a lot of opt-outs? Don't we have to take Purdue? 15 and a half points.
2: Uh, Purdue's got a lot of opt-outs too, though, right?
3: Yeah, so Ain O'Connell, Charlie Jones, Payne Durham, a um, few of their best defensive players. So, Devin Mockaby, here's 35 carries. So, I think that'll be the plan for Purdue today. All right, Bob Kravitz in a few.
0: Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. And participating McDonald's for a limited time.
6: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
0: Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate McDonald's for a limited time.
2: That's how it sounded yesterday, Matt Taylor and the Colts radio network as the Colts lose to the Giants in New York, mercifully one week left in the 2022 season. Joining us now in the nine o'clock hour to talk about it on the Payless Stickers hotline. He is, of course, with The Athletic. He is Bob Kravitz. And Bob, we've seen some bad football over the years with the Colts, but was that as, are we starting to see as lifeless A team or just as uninspired a team as we have seen at any point over your tenure in Indianapolis?
8: Yes. (laughs) And the short answer, excuse me, is yes. Um, I remember 2011, excuse my voice. Um, 2011, at least they fought. You know, they fought until the end. Uh, Dan Orlowski came on, played really well the last couple of games. They almost beat uh, Jacksonville and screwed themselves out of Andrew Luck in the season finale. So I have not seen a Colts team absolutely go in the tank the way this team has in, in the 22 years that I've been here.
3: Again, okay, Bob Kravitz from The Athletic. He's with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Bob, how much blame starts with Jim Ursay? Colts were 3-3-1 and this season. Ursay says Matt Ryan needs to be benched. week later, Marcus Brady fired two weeks later Frank Reich fired Jeff Saturday hired they're one and eight since Jim Irsay demanded that Matt Ryan be benched how much blame starts there good 90 percent you know I mean he he undermined his coach you know he undermined him and then fired him um
8: he's undermined undermined and really emasculated his general manager Chris Ballard in so many ways um you know, Jim has over the years studiously avoided becoming his father, you know, without the alcohol problem. Um, and uh, I really think that he's taken a real strange step um, toward being his dad uh, this past year, getting so deeply involved um, in, 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 the, in the day-to-day. Um, you know, Jim has always been somebody who's a good-sounding board, he was involved without be being meddlesome. This year, he's taken that next step to being Jerry Jones, and uh, so I blame a lot of this on on Jim Irsay. I think he's really handled this about as poorly as you can possibly handle it. And handle it all season.
2: And Bob, in terms of those missteps, do you believe that it backfired because a? They were simply schematically or tactfully the wrong thing to do in terms of like the players that were being put in, or B, because it just disheartened the roster and thus guys completely mailed it in.
8: Yeah, I think a little bit of both. I think, you know, I was in the locker room in the days after uh, the Matt Ryan benching, and guys were just, you know, I, I think if they had gone to Nick Foles at that point, guys that players maybe would have been on board or could have understood. When you put Sam Ellinger in there, no disrespect to Sam, but when you put Ellinger in there at 3-3-1, three, three, and one, you're basically saying we're tanking. And you know, I mentioned this in the column today. Um, if you didn't know Jim Irsay, but, you know as well as we do, you would think that this was a purposeful tank um, and that he was screwing with the integrity of the league. I, I think I know Jim, uh, I, I don't think he purposefully tanked. I think that was the result of a lot of really emotional and impetuous decisions that he made.
3: Again, Bob's latest up on the athletic centers around where the Colts are in terms of the rest of the head coaching openings. Currently just Denver and Carolina. obviously expect a few more coming up really a week from today. Uh, but how you know intriguing is this job to other candidates out there uh, Bob, I asked this question to Jake a little bit earlier, and I'll throw it at you. You think if um, Jeff Saturday or Chris Ballard went to Jim Irsay and said, "All right, if I'm back, the other guy's not back," who would have Jim Irsay's ear more in that situation? Chris Ballard or Jeff Saturday?
8: Well, that's a good question because you know Chris Ballard. The only reason he's still here is because he's cut. Had- he's owed about $30 million or whatever the number is. I don't know, but he's owed a lot of money over the next couple of years till 2026. Um, You know, uh, maybe Saturday at this point, but that's a great question. I don't have a really smart answer to, but clearly he does not trust Chris Ballard the way he once did. I mean, Chris at one point was a golden child and, you know, uh, look at his drafts. he, 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 you know, pretty consistently drafted. Well, you can you can question whether he spent, um, whether he drafted guys in positions that help you win consistently. Uh, you can do that. But, um, you know, clearly, uh, Jim has lost faith in, in Ballard, and that's why I, I really don't understand. If you bring a new coach in, you want your coach and your GM to be aligned. Yeah. You know, as far as the, the number of years they're gonna be in and running the show. And, you know, since they're changing coaches, I'm not crazy about the idea of Chris Ballard remaining, but you know, Ballard, you know, he's a family man, The the paycheck is nice. So I don't know I, I don't know that he's in any position to go to to go to Jim Irsay and say, Hey, hands off Bucko.
3: You know, kind of on that front, and you've obviously sat in on many Jeff Saturday press conferences here over the past few months. I find it interesting that every time you ask Saturday a question regarding the team, their performance, you know, the fact that they are seemingly playing worse football than they were earlier in the year, he almost immediately points out. Well, you know, they hired me for a reason, and that's because the situation was awful that I walked into. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but he is very quick to point out how terrible yeah. of a situation he walked into. And I sit there and think to myself, "Man, he is really aggressive with those comments." And I'm like, "Well, is that an indictment then on Chris Ballard?" Well, uh, yes. I mean, I
7: mean
8: yeah, yeah, What he's saying is this team sucks. And they're going to continue to suck under me or Vince Lombardi. Um, I, I don't like those comments. I mean, he talks about, you know, I, I, I look at Rick, Rich Pasaccia from last year with the Raiders. I mean, you had the whole Gruden thing come down. Then, for God's sake, Henry Ruggs killed somebody in a car on the Vegas Strip. And that team still managed to go 7-5 and, and make the playoffs. Um, you look at Steve Wilkes, the guy... Who uh, actually has experience uh, like like the but Wolf has head coaching experience, not much, but some, and he's got his team playing pretty damn well uh, coming down the stretch. Uh, so you know, I, in some ways, it's uh, it's a shot at himself. You know, I mean, it should be viewed as a shot at himself because, I mean. They should be a little better, right? I mean, he was brought in right. to, to be a leader of men uh, to uh, get these guys, you know, thinking straight. And it hasn't happened. Excuse me. It hasn't
2: happened. So, Bob, when you look at, you know, look, there's there's a week left. There's a game left here, right? When you look at the Colts Mercifully. moving, in, yeah, that's right, moving into next year, you know, there have been times where. You have seen a team that fell apart, and there was a one player or a one area or a one person fix, whether it be the coach, the quarterback, whatever. How many areas are in need of fix for the Colts? Are they close, and they no. just need retweaking, or because yesterday they looked like flat out the worst team in the National Football League?
8: Yeah, I've only looked that way for quite a while now. And look, I, I think they're they're in decent shape. <laughs> Defensively, as poorly as they played in in the back half of the season, I I think you've got a defense that basically balled out earlier in the year and just said the hell with it. We can't score anyway. When you're scoring three points a game, you got no shot. So I think, I think the situation, um, you know, was was such that you know they, they basically mailed it in at the end here. But yeah, look, you need a new quarterback. You need to fix that offensive line, which Jeff Saturday clearly was not able to do. You need uh, tight ends and wide receivers still. Um, yeah, I, it's a pretty sizable uh, rebuild. You know, you look at the defense, you know, they, yeah, they played well, but they're, they're a little long in the tooth in a lot of areas. A lot of guys who are either above 30 or closing in on 30. Uh, you know, like Buckner and guys like that. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a complete rebuild. And that's why I say this is the worst situation in football. Um, I realize then the Denver Broncos are stuck with Russell Wilson for another four years and paid a king's ransom for him. That said, you know, that, that's assuming that Russell Wilson can't be fixed okay i think russell wilson can be fixed i think the right coach can come in and make a difference in denver uh with wilson because he's shown before that he can do it at a very high level colts don't have anybody and they're going to have a rookie maybe a bridge quarterback it's going to take a couple of years before the indianapolis colts are any good anymore uh, uh,
0: once
3: again Again, he's Bob Kravitz from the Athletic. I do want to get to the Pacers here just a second, Bob. But one more thing from me on the Colts front: Uh, you mentioned Jim Harbaugh. I guess it would have been a couple weeks ago in a story there. Um, You think there is a mutual interest at all, and are there any names you know before this thing really gets started a week from today that you have your eye on from a head coaching standpoint?
8: Well, to me, (coughs) excuse me, you got to make Jim Harbaugh. You know. That, that's the first thing uh, you know what Jim Harbaugh's interest level might be. I don't know. I, I don't have uh, his cell number. I haven't called him. I do not know. He has said publicly after his dalliance with uh, Minnesota that uh, he was, that was a one time only thing. I don't believe that. I think he wants back in the, in the National football league. Um, so I think he'd, he would certainly listen. He's got the relationship here, but honestly, if you're Jim Harbaugh, why in the hell with 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 other teams looking for coaches? Why would you pick the Indianapolis Colts aside from maybe your relationship with Jim Say and the fact that you know you were in, in India in Indianapolis in the mid nineties? I can't see him taking it uh, unless three for more money than, 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 you know, the national, the gross national product of Peru, Adam. I just don't see it happening. Uh, Dan Quinn, I think Dan Quinn would be excellent. D'Amico Ryan, you know, people like that. I think, uh, you know, there's good candidates out there, but I just don't see the top candidates being interested in becoming a part of an organization that is really upside down right now.
2: What do you think the gross national product of Peru is?
8: It's got to be decent, right? I don't know where the hell I came up with that. I really don't. I mean, I'm on my
2: first cup of coffee.
8: That's pretty impressive.
2: That is pretty good. Um, Bob, I want to circle back. Bob Kravitz is our guest from The Athletic. He's on the Payless Cigars Hotline. I I, I realize this horse is probably, at this point, a tub of glue because we've beaten it so much. But um, do you believe – you touched on something I I really had not considered – we we talk so much about coaches or quarterbacks that are kept because of a salary issue. Do you think that that is a key factor in why Chris Ballard would be retained? And may it be the only factor?
8: Yes, it's 100% of it. This is a business decision. Remember many years ago, you know when they got rid of Griggs and they kept Pagano on for one year. Why? Because Jim didn't want to have to pay two guys all that salary to do nothing. And this is 100% a, a, a financial decision on the part of Jim Irsay. You know, I, I keep thinking, why doesn't Ballard just quit? Well, you know, those paychecks are pretty cool. You know, those direct deposits are not insignificant. Uh, you know, he's a, got a big family. You know, I, I'm sure he doesn't want to move his kids out of, out of their schools, you know. I think he's probably, and I haven't talked to him about this specifically, but I think he's willing to put up with it um, for the time being and think the hell out of Dodge the moment he can. Yeah, but Bob,
2: he, you know, you have any idea how much Ballard makes?
5: It's five. Well, he,
2: it? uh, Five, six, maybe? Okay. I, Bob, my thing is this, and listen, people have the, you know, they're, they're free to do as they choose. I And I think Jim says eccentricities and interests aside from football uh, i give him credit because he shares it with people he lets people come out and see just really cool memorabilia i mean he's got some cool stuff that he shared you know and that's and that's all cool but you know now he's got a, a social media team about all about his collection and to promote it my point being and you tell me if this is unfair from a public standpoint Jim Mersey doesn't owe, and I think he's a, a darn good guy. I do. He doesn't owe yeah. people anything. However, is it going to be harder to sell your fan base on the business decision of keeping an underperforming general manager being financial when you then spend the off season <laughs> showing people the things that you spent millions of dollars on?
8: Yeah, probably, probably so. I, I can tell you that I get a lot of uh, a lot of email, not emails, but you know, comments at the bottom of stories. With people saying, you know, uh, you as you just said, you you keep Ballard for business reasons, and then go out and uh, bid, you know, eight million dollars on Ringo Starr's drum set. Um, Yeah, I think I think the perception. um, I I think it's a bad look, you know, in terms of optics. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be purely a business decision, and I think it's. You look at the Giants, who were, what, 4-13 and last year, made the playoffs this year. They completely cleaned house. They brought in a new GM. They brought in a new coach. And now look at where they are, with roughly the same people, including the quarterback. So I think that's the way to do it. You know, when you've got basically a lame-duck GM uh, with, with a new coach, I think you're just asking for trouble.
3: Bob, last one for me, and appreciate your effort this morning. I know you're still not feeling yeah. a back to 100%, so we really appreciate it. Um, no problem. You, Your colleague, Shamsharnia, I think it was last week, maybe now two weeks ago, um, had a story about Miles Turner and the Pacers beginning some extension discussions. Beginning right. and, you know, obviously putting pen to paper um, it is still a far, far, you know, jump to make. But that is news. Um, we're a little bit over a month away from the NBA trade deadline. Um, has your opinion changed on Miles Turner being here long term? Yes,
8: absolutely. Uh, it, it was my impression early on the season that he was a goner because uh, he, he had not expressed um, a desire to, to sign here long term. And I think that he is just, you know, and I'll let Miles speak for himself when the time comes, but my sense of it anyway is that uh, he is truly enjoying being a part of this program right now, this organization, a lot of really good things are happening. I'll tell you what, the chance to play with Tyrese Halliburton is 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 you can't you can't overstate how important that is. I mean, guys love playing with this guy. I'll have a story about him uh, next next week, I guess. But you know, uh, I remember Evan Pritchard saying this guy's going to be kind of the Pied Piper. And I thought, yeah, right, whatever. And, and you know what? He has been because I think Miles loves playing with him. And I think Miles enjoys the, the atmosphere that's starting to come back. Uh, they had a sellout the other night uh, at gamebridge uh, Yeah, I just think you know uh, it's a fun atmosphere down there now. And and I, I I think he loves you know being the only five man. In the starting lineup and not having to share space with Demontis Sabonis, so uh, yeah, I think things have changed dramatically. Uh, you know, uh, Miles may say, "Oh, I never, I never felt like I wasn't coming back." You know, I, I, I think that's BS, but whatever. I'll let him speak for himself um, as I speak for him here. Um, so yeah, I think things have changed a lot, and I think Tyrese Halliburton's had a hell of a lot to do with it.
3: Bob, get some uh, whiskey and honey in that coffee. <laughs> uh,
8: can, can, we, can we cut the
2: coffee? <laughs> That's right. There you go.
3: Thanks, Bob. Happy New Year, right. man. Okay. Same to you, boy. It's a great Bob Kravitz right there, uh, again, uh, on the Paleo Sickers Hotline. It's latest, talking about the Colts and the opening and how kind of a dire of a situation he feels like it looks compared to some others. Jake, I want to hit on the point that Bob brought up with you about the amount of money that he is paying – now Frank Reich for four more years yep. to be unemployed, or at least not employed by him, and then Chris Ballard as well. Um, if you just I try to do this kind of quick math, and honestly, I should have probably sent the problem to you because you are our new math expert right. here on the show. If you just double the Reich salaries and the GM salaries, assuming that we said Ballard makes around five to six, you'd be looking at eighty one million over the next four years. To pay four guys for two spots. I mean,
2: yeah, that's obviously an insane amount of money. But then you look at the amount of money that he's bringing in. Uh, you know.
3: I think it's more of an ego check than a financial check.
2: I I, I would agree with you. I mean, $81 million is a lot of money, I, regardless of who you're talking about. But... When you look at, what did I send out to you guys the other day when I I crunched some numbers and figured out, you know, he's got a $120 million a year surplus or something just after payroll, everything, you know what I mean?
3: I was talking with someone um, who's been a big part of Ballard's roster building with the Colts over the last, I guess, pretty much the entire Ballard tenure, and he was saying a little bit of, and some Colts fans might love to hear this, but a little bit of be careful what you wish for if you think Ballard 100% is just going to come back just to come back. And I said that the morning after that press conference two months ago. Is there any part of Chris Ballard that sits here and says, my voice is muted. I think I've got a much better resume than people believe league-wide. I'm going to pick up and go take my chances with a different franchise. I mean... The big question is... He believe in a lot of money on the table doing that. A lot of security, I should say, doing that. Financial security. The
2: big question is, do you think that there are other franchises right now that would hire
3: Chris Bowler? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And it is one of those Tennessee. GM opening there. Sounds like Arizona GM opening. And really a week from today is when we'll start to get a little bit of a clearer picture on that. We still got to get to our fan tweets of the game. I
2: I saw a great one, by the way. A great
3: one. I I think we maybe lacked quantity, but we had some good quality Mm -hmm. within those tweets. So we'll get to that as well. Later in the week with the pop quiz, we'll give away Ball State tickets, their matchup with Akron coming up. That's Friday, Mark. Is that right? Ball State and Akron. Michael Lewis's bunch playing pretty good ball with the max season getting kind of fully underway here. But for now, let's hit a morning check down.
5: The Morning Checkdown, brought to you by Ball State Basketball. Get your tickets at BallStateSports.com on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
3: Boy, I hope you have the day off if you're a Purdue Boilermaker fan. You've got the football team at 1 o'clock taking on LSU in the Citrus Bowl. A uh, Big underdog there with obviously a ton of opt-outs and um, interim head coach Brian Brom. Drew Brees will be on the sidelines for that one this afternoon. Tonight from Mackey, it's Purdue and Rutgers. Purdue favored by about seven points as they return from their break and, and I should say get kind of Big Ten play started up again. It's Rutgers tonight and then it's at Ohio State Thursday. That one is probably one you circle as could be their first loss of the season.
2: Uh, one other college basketball game of note from today. Wright State and IEPUI. That game at the Coliseum. That is a two o'clock start results from yesterday in college basketball butler all over georgetown i feel bad for georgetown man that i was thinking about that this morning for a college age kid they would have no recollection of when georgetown was a basketball power 80 to 51 dogs 9 and 6 they're 1 and 3 in the league now georgetown 0 and 4 and 5 and 10 overall butler snapping a three-game losing skid indiana state a winner over Valpo, 68-50. Trees now 11-4. and They are 4-0 in the MoVal. Murray State over Evansville, 78
3: Uh, Pacers and Raptors tonight over Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Pacers actually a slight favorite in this one. 20-17 uh, on the air. The Raptors have struggled. Pascal Siakam, though, back in the lineup. has played really good here as of late. Again, the Pacers, what you're seeing, that's just been, to me, impressive. And I know I've said that several times this year. Jake, they're beating legit teams. And legit teams in like good health situations. Boston had Jason yeah. Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yeah. Miami was healthy when they won down there. They beat the Clippers on New Year's Eve afternoon with Paul George and uh Leonard. Paul George, very good at basketball, by the way. Yeah, he is a good player. <laughs> Forty five.
2: <laughs> <He got laughs> uh week seventeen of the NFL season is complete. Well, I should say until tonight with Buffalo and Cincinnati. It might be the best game actually of the slate. That game at 8-15 tonight. But taking a look at scores from yesterday, we talked about the Colts and the Giants. Other notable games, Lions 41-10 over Marks Bears. That keeps Detroit alive in the playoff conversation. Jacksonville 31-3 over the Texans. It's the Jags and Tennessee for the AFC South coming up in the finale. And how about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Now 8-8 after Tom Brady threw for 432 yards. And three touchdowns. They beat Carolina 39 24.
3: If you're an NFC team, who scares you more? Rodgers and the Packers, Brady and the Bucks? Uh,
2: I guess you'd have to say Brady just because he's light. I mean, don't you every time think he's dead, he bounces
3: back? Can we just pencil that game into the primetime wildcard weekend slot? Cowboys at Bucks. Oh, we Imagine. started the season, right? Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Again, we'll go over the playoff situations here throughout the week, but basically in the AFC, as Jake mentioned, Jacksonville and Tennessee, the winner of that, wins the AFC South. The Patriots control things. They win, they are in as the seventh seed. Um, You've got teams still alive there that need help, Miami being one of them, Pittsburgh being another. In the NFC, Green Bay is in that New England position of they win, they're in. Uh, the Seahawks and the Lions both could still get into the NFC playoffs. Uh, some good tweets to get to? Yes, let's do that when we come back. Fan tweets of the game coming up next.
5: Post-game head.
0: Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.
6: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
5: You're listening to Kevin and Quarry on 93.5
3: and The Fan. Alright, it's time for a fan tweet of the game. 38-10. to 10, Giants over the Colts. Again, the Giants had not beaten a team by more than 8 points all season. They've been them in minnesota really the king of the one possession games and they beat indy yesterday by 28 Uh, i'll go here with aaron upper suck of upper suck (laughs) (laughs) i think brian
2: won the whole thing
3: now i hope this isn't region brian because he was calling me out earlier too (laughs) no
2: not region brian um brian taylor at br taylor i n now, did we, how many words do we say to do this in? Five or less. Okay, he did it in five. Keep in mind that Jim Mercer held a contest where he took 14 Colts fans to New York on his own plane, and they got to go to New York City for New Year's Eve. They got $2,000 spending cash, and then they went to the game. Brian's tweet, 14 fans regret contest win. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That hoping, that, hoping that Abby's hat pick would not have that, turned out to be them. That is so strong, man. That <laughs> oh, is so man. good. Pat Gates wrote Loud and Proud for Stroud. Uh, yeah. Yep. Several people texted me that. Brian uh, Gerster said, Which quartile are Colts in? <laughs> Austin <laughs> Colts make my hangover worse. Q I'm, train wreck is an understatement.
3: Clint, and this is kind of how I let off the show. New Year, same embarrassing
4: Colts. Jay Lovell, wish I was watching the Pacers. Joel, another game, another
3: giant. Capitalized there with a the giant. Embarrassment. I like
4: Q. Did you already read Q's about train wrecks yeah. and understanding mm-hmm.
2: Uh Ty Gehrig, New Year Old Dolts. Man, yeah. that goes back.
4: Nathan Dagley, probably one that the Colts don't want to hear. Uh, didn't realize they were playing. I had a few people reach out to me Sunday morning being like, God, I forgot there's a Colts game today. Yeah, this We're one. At that point in the season. This
2: one yeah. actually takes a little bit of thought, but it's pretty good from David. Peyton didn't call me back.
4: Hmm.
3: You know, that's that a would point. Ursay
2: saying that, by the way.
3: That's a point, Jake. That I think we need to remember in evaluating Jeff Saturday. And I asked Bob Kravitz this last segment. You know, Jeff is very quick to point out how awful of a situation he was asked to walk into, and honestly, I don't disagree with him that that much. Very awkward. But Jim Mercey wanted Jeff Saturday. Remember J- Jim Mercey's line? I wasn't going to fire Frank Reich just to fire Frank Reich. I wanted Jeff Saturday here. And so I feel like that calls for more evaluation of Jeff Saturday in that Jim Mercey, you know, seeked him out. He wanted him. He didn't want anybody else. He didn't want to interview interim coaches. He didn't want to promote somebody within the staff. It was, I'm going out and getting this guy because I think he can help us. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I still like Upper Suck of Upper Suck by Aaron. <laughs> fourteen fans regret
2: contest Contest oh, win good. is awesome.
3: And that is very nice by Jim Mersey, by the way, to send fourteen people to, um, to New Of York.
2: course. No question. I, I actually um I guess I I, I met a guy. New Year's Eve night, so I guess technically New Year's Day morning. I was running Uncle Jake's uh, taxi. Oh, I meant to ask you, how'd that go? It was good. Uh, Jared Lance, one of the guys I picked up, he and his fiancee, they're getting married in Hawaii. He's seen the Colts nice. in like fifteen or sixteen opposing stadiums. Wow! And said that uh, he was hoping to win that contest so he and his dad could go see him play the Giants. Um, and I had to laugh because then it was you know hours later when <laughs> the tweet comes, fourteen fans regret it. Like I said, if you were one of the people that, that won the trip with Jim Irsay's plane to go to New York City, I mean, think about it. You're like, oh my gosh, like it was unbelievable. He gave us $2,000 spending cash and we stayed in New York in a sweet hotel and we we're there for New Year's Eve and all the celebration and the pomp and circumstance of being in the epicenter of where America's watching the ball drop. Wow, that sounds great, Frank. What were the drawbacks? Oh, well, I mean, the only thing is we had to go to the game. Okay.
3: This from Pat. It's so bad. I was pissed there wasn't another one o'clock game to watch.
2: I, I thought about that too.
3: Like, how many people in market do you think were saying, "Hey, why can't you take our game away?" Like you're taking it away for those people.
2: I think Ferris Bueller's of Day Off right was on. It was on like one of those high channels, right? Like, it was bad. God, I mean, New Year's
3: Day, and that's what you gotta.
2: And you know, did yesterday feel like New Year's Day to you? Like, does today feel like? I think for most people, today is New Year's Day observed, right?
3: Right.
7: Mm-hmm.
2: Did it? Did yesterday feel like New Year's Day to you, or was it just another Sunday?
3: Maddie went to bed at eight fifteen on New Year's Eve. Eight <laughs> fifteen. That's okay. No, I think. Did you he wake her up at midnight? I did not. How about? Um, did you see the Columbus bar that had the balloon drop scheduled for midnight? Oh, boy. And so the balloons drop at midnight in
4: Columbus, Ohio, and that was right when the kick was missed. Was that like Lieutenant Dan and Forrest Gump where the confetti's just falling? He's just staring off in the street. <laughs> <laughs> I have to imagine that's what that was like. Yeah, side
5: not th- square. We was just there. Can
4: you get side-by-side shots? <laughs> she tastes lock <like> cigarettes.
5: <laughs> <I bet.
3: laughs> yeah, that's about how that went probably, right? Honestly, if the games weren't going on, I probably would have been in bed long before midnight, too.
2: That game, though, I mean, that literally, that was, I I was watching probably with about, it was probably a quarter till midnight where I was watching Ohio State and Georgia, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, this thing's going to end like right as the ball's Someone And it literally
3: was. Someone spliced the videos together of the missed kick and the ball dropping. It was like with one or two seconds left in 2022, the kick misses and misses badly.
2: Well, I told you. I'm not going to use my Chick-fil-A joke again. I've already used it once. Wow.
3: New year, new yeah. Jake? new year, new Jake. <laughs> Hell wow. yeah. Wow.
2: Major strike. Man. You know, they had to finish that game by midnight because it was the Chick-fil-A Bowl, and it was after midnight was Sunday. Yeah.
4: Uh, now, Mark, Nick's been Thank hanging you. on for quite a while. Yeah, he might be asleep. Who knows? Let's find Nick, out. Nick, happy,
5: happy new year, ma'am. I'm doing great. Thanks for calling. <laughs> I tell you, I love your show. I listen to you guys every day on the way to work. I'm, a, I've been going. To, I went to every Colts game except the Monday night game, and, uh, and I, in fact, I text uh, Jake to see where uh, we could give my tickets to, and he was very nice in helping me out there. But what I'm calling you about today is, I've got a, I really disagree on something, and I think maybe if you listen to my point of view, it might. Uh, Change a few people's minds anyway. But what happened on the same when the two games that we're talking about, the quarterback change where Ursay got involved, his big mistake was saying Ryan's benched for the rest of the year, no matter what. First of all, he couldn't play those two games because his shoulder was injured. So those two games, we can't say Ryan might have made us win those games. His shoulder was injured, he was going to be out those two games. They're big like I said, they should have said He's going to be, uh, we'll see how the young guy does while Ryan's hurt. They didn't have to say we're benching him. Bad mistake. But on the first game, uh, when he played Washington, Ellinger looked good. He, he had the game won. They went down and scored right at the end of the game, right in front of me. And then uh, after that, Ellinger brought him back, and Pittman just dropped a pass. that would have been in field goal range to win that game. So he looked good. When they played uh, New England, this is the game that really changed everything. I wouldn't care if you had uh, Mahomes as quarterback; <laughs> he wouldn't survive uh, that onslaught. That nobody did anything about. They didn't. They kept same stunt over and over and over. Judon was right on him. Nobody could have done better. And so, and then I so I, I already saw Ryan had had uh, the most uh, interceptions, the most But I just tell you, that's not the guy. And Then, uh, when we went to uh, Foles, you know, first game he didn't have any practice, so they gave him another chance last week. But I thought, boy, they did him a disservice leaving him in there uh, to get hurt like
2: well, that. Well, see, here's the thing, Nick. And I appreciate, by the way, I appreciate the tickets number one. Yes. And and the, the, the viewpoints here because you make very good points and Happy New Year, Nick. Thanks yeah, for Yeah, happy calling. new year to you. I the prop the only I don't disagree with anything that Nick says. The problem that I have with any of it is not in Nick's statements, but all of the things that he was describing and very, you know, intelligently so, were things that were just not by his by Nick's disclaimers, they were tactical errors in the approach. As he said, and I remember he's right. I mean, when they when they pulled Matt Ryan, they said, like, this is it. I mean, this is for the year. Well, that immediately I think sends a message to the rest of the locker room of like, wait a minute, what? Like, is this guy gonna give us the best chance to win every single week?
3: Yeah, Sam Ellinger had never thrown a pass in the NFL. And then to,
2: to Nick's point then when you go to Foles like it was too late at that point like in other words every decision that was made was made like under just a like what in the hell are we doing type situation yeah they might not have been they might have worked out to look okay but but nonetheless the timing of all of them
3: was suspect I think one of the scary things too Jake is and I know a lot of people, I see this quite frequently brought up when the Colts play. The Colts, and whether it's Jim Say or whoever, they have made all these decisions and they are trying to win football games. They're not trying to tank. I mean, you guys have heard me say this many times this season. If you're going to be bad, be young at quarterback. Mark Dykton's Bears are doing it the right way. They have committed to Justin Fields. They know the win-loss record is not going to be pretty. But right now, they need him to grow. And what is hurting the Colts so much is they are bad. And yet, these quarterbacks that they continue to trot out there are walking up the 18th hole. I mean, they're going to have Nick Foles and or Matt Ryan have started, what, 15 of 17 games this year? And you're going to be drafting the top five? That's the last thing you want as a franchise in terms of trying to win in the short term and or trying to develop a young quarterback and realizing there will will be some growing pains inevitably. Um, That again, Chicago I think is a perfect example of what they're going through right now. I think that's the scary part of it is these moves were thought to be, this is what this team needs right now, right here, right now in 2022. And the AFC South, you know, looks like it's going to take eight, maybe nine wins to win that Win that crown. I think if you were going to stick with and decide what your best chance would have been, it would have been sticking with Ryan. And I know that Ryan ended up sitting out those two games. He was benched long before that. I mean, frankly, Ursay wanted him benched at the start of October. He wanted him bench multiple weeks, was talked out of it, and then eventually said, Enough's enough. I'm the owner. This is what I'm doing.
2: Who do you think is the most hands? You know what would be an interesting question? Who is the most hands-off owner in the National Football League?
3: Boy, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the Bears have like an ownership? Where it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who was? Was it the the McCaskey family saying like, yeah, I don't know football, so I just oh, hire yeah. people yeah. to do those jobs.
4: We're not jobs. football people. Yeah, that was the it. Only, only. That was the Football line. team, the charter franchise. Yeah, but my
2: point being, there's a fine line there, right? Mm-hmm. Do you Definitely. want? Do you want an owner that says we just hire people to do it for us, or do you want an owner that's going to meddle?
3: That's that's a good point.
2: I mean it's Denver's under new ownership, but it's an ownership group, so we'll see how that, you know, they got some decisions to make, and right? And I
3: know this is a discussion probably more for next week when the offseason is officially here, but I just think it's so important to align your GM and your head coach on the same timeline. Mm-hmm. I think things get you naturally have people going behind their backs and doing things and I just feel like that will be the case here if Ballard is retained and you have a new head coach or you know for some reason it's Saturday's the head coach and Ballard's gone. It's just to me, those two positions within organization should be tied to the hip, and when you can one, you can the other. And that's how you move forward with the new head coach, the new GM. We've got a busy Monday here in the sports world. Again, it's kind of our New Year's Day schedule of sporting events, even though it is January 2nd. We'll run them down for you here to round out. Kevin and Corey, 93.5175, The Fan. What's that?
0: (laughs) Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. At participating McDonald's for a limited time.
6: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
4: I said for most of America,
3: it is a holiday from a sporting event schedule, yeah. right?
4: Yeah. Basically, I mean, today is treated like New Year's Day bowl game. So you get the NHL Winter Classic if you're a hockey fan. Oh, really? Now where's that? The show? Fenway Park, Bruins and Penguins. What about that? The Fenway Bowl
3: game, and now that
4: busy like turnaround for that that field
3: yeah
2: you know uh, penguins flightless birds right yeah how many other flightless birds can you think of ostrich i believe the kiwi is a flightless bird is it not I don't ostrich know. what about the uh isn't there um a, a what's the other one it's like the ostrich but it's it emu e, Emu. yeah they're flightless you mark dighton
3: i actually i think ostriches can fly in short spurts can they not
4: I'm a little nervous there with what you've got in your hands. I just said, "Can ostriches fly?" And Google shot back, "They cannot fly." I I think they can in small spurts. Are you
2: you, kind of like the Wright brothers? Are you taking a morning pill? No, Kevin. Thank you for asking. I I have a um, my my trap my bag here my backpack I you you know obviously use it when I travel. Well, I have when I travel. You know, technically speaking, if you have medicine and you're traveling with it it needs to be in a prescription bottle so i had this in my bag because it was let's see which one it is it's one of my uh, uh this is for my uh statin that i take at night and uh, but now i don't have any more in there so i figured uh, i could throw the little bottle away i don't need it to travel anymore so i just got bored while we we're in the break and decided to clean out my backpack
3: purdue lsu one o'clock today that's a citrus bowl Mississippi State and Illinois, so obviously, some heavy hearts there for Mike Leach's former team as they take on the Fighting Illini. What bowl game is that? I think it's at Tampa.
2: So is that the like the Outback? Yeah, I was gonna say, old Outback to cool. Bowl. Yeah. Was the Outback also the Capital One
3: Bowl? I thought it was cap. Was it Capital One Citrus Bowl at one point? That might be
2: right. That may be right.
3: And then the Cotton Bowl, Tulane, and USC. And the Rose Bowl at five is Penn State, Utah. So with that Rose Bowl kicking off at five, that pushes Monday night football, which is Bills and Bengals, to eight thirty. I saw Schefter tweeted this earlier. First time in Monday night football history, you'll have teams playing with a combined twenty-three wins on the season.
2: You know, the um back to the bowl games. The Rose Bowl, you know, the granddaddy of them all and all that. I mean, that was such a big deal for so many years it's been changed a little bit but that's probably the best game in that slate though don't you think utah penn state if you had to pick one to watch bowl
3: bowl game monday night football winter classic where are you going boy you
2: know winter classic is intriguing because it's it's the only kind of standalone of all of them right i mean an outdoor hockey right matt you know it happens once a year
3: i'm good after five minutes of watching it though
2: i would i would tend to agree with that i watched um Hockey last night on ESPN, they had a female comment, a female play-by-play. Really? Yeah, it was the Islanders, and who were they playing? Blackhawks, maybe. But yeah, it was. A, was it Linda Cohn? She's a big. It was a female hockey. doing a doing the hockey play-by-play. And sure maybe
4: she usually does a lot of the hockey games. Is that who it was? Might be her. Um, have you guys seen what Luca
3: Doncic has been doing lately?
4: Yeah, he had sixty and twenty-one. <laughs> I mean,
3: these are Luca's last five games. And I'm going points, um, assist, and rebounds here 51, 6 and 9, 35, 12 and 13, 60, 21 and 10, 32, 9 and 9, and 58 and 10. For a little doughy guy, right?
4: For a guy that likes pizza and beer. I mean, that's how you start off 2023. With the it's Luka Doncic mentality. Literally. I can be a little doughy,
3: and I can still drop it Yeah, 51. score 50 and get some Zon, get some. We actually made pizzas last night. Rosie loved really? it, and they actually turned out pretty well. It's a, it's a fun little activity. What'd you put on it? Put some sausage, some pepperoni on there. No mushrooms? No mushrooms. Try to keep it as kid-friendly as possible. Banana peppers? My wife loves banana peppers. Pineapple? oh no it's big debate Does cannot pineapple no no cannot do it hawaiian pizza with ham and pineapple no chance i got no problem with that cannot do it uh purdue ruckers tonight at seven pacers raptors tonight at seven boy there's a lot going on there dude. is busy day wait what time's the winter classic i this is a right
2: perfect now. day to just like lay on
3: the couch usually it's an afternoon i mean tune in some games right one two o'clock Winter classic like is at two o'clock on tnt okay Again, Purdue's got Rutgers tonight to try and stay undefeated. They are at Ohio State on Thursday as they get back into Big Ten action. Just New Mexico, right? New Mexico
2: and Purdue, the only two unbeatens.
3: Only two unbeatens left in college basketball. Again, for those just waking up, A little bit of a foggy visibility might be a question for you. Starting to burn off, baby. It's like the Bay Area. Starting to burn off a bit. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Bob Kravitz on the podcast. We'll have our normal shows throughout the day, Colts Roundtable Live, coming up at 5.30, and then our coverage of Pacers and Raptors begins at 6.30 with a 7 o'clock tip there for Mark Boyle and company. Everybody, happy New Year. Thanks for tuning in to Kevin and Corey. Have a great Monday, and we'll talk to you tomorrow at 7.